I'm Nick Mara, and this is After the Turns. Welcome to an elimination version of After the Turn. Sorry about whatever happened there. I think I'm about to get eliminated from the show as producer after that one. <laughs> Got one job, and uh, <laughs> I caught that right away. So um, sorry about that, but um, got a fun show today. So if that's if that's any indication of it, so obviously we've got Matt with us. We've got Michael Lariah, special guest. You know, we spent about five minutes before getting on, and uh, this is going to be fun. So, uh, Michael, how are you tonight, first of all? I'm, I'm doing great. Uh, Thank you guys for having me on the show. Um, ever since I saw the first few episodes, um, you guys have been doing a great job, and this is definitely something uh, that I wanted to get onto. So I'm I'm glad to have my opportunity tonight. Well, it's exciting um, that we got the compliment out in the first five minutes instead of the last five minutes. So it can really go <laughs> downhill from here. I feel like so. <laughs> um, and I guess you know, speaking of downhill, I think a lot of people had that kind of night uh, yesterday. Um, and I guess Matt, it's, it just seems like it's every week now. Um, <laughs> yeah. You're you're going first again, so uh, it's a, a very rinse repeat at this point for me. Mm -hmm. uh, and Nick being on the radio on the Discord with me, um, it, it is the same thing. Oh, I'll get in the race. Oh, you know, this is my first time on the track in practice, but it's because I'm probably going to get wrecked. And then uh start the race and run okay and then something happens i get upset uh i leave early i question doing the podcast the next day um because i suck at iRacing. racing and then you know you know rinse and repeat every week so uh uh yeah no i mean bristol i finished 11th that last year um so i was looking forward to bristol i don't know if anyone knows but i finished eighth at the the dirt track so i'm one of the the minority that wants dirt back on the track but um i still looking forward to bristol but i knew it would be um concerning the obviously the competitions more and there's always concern around the the getting getting away from people and impacting the chase right because this was a cutoff race so getting out of people's way when there's not really it doesn't really feel like there's anywhere to go uh, getting off the corners are very tight. So, um, you know, with all that set aside, got into the practice session, felt pretty good off the bat, felt familiar, was surprised that the, I guess I remember last year, uh, it felt much snappier off the turns. Uh, I felt like the car was much more stable, uh, you know, off four and off two. And so I was feeling pretty comfortable, uh, felt very, very strong. Uh, the couple of the early restarts just to learn that everybody else was saving their tires and I wasn't. Um, so it felt like super uh, Superman for a little bit there. Um, yeah. I think at one point, uh, it had to be like 75 or 80 laps in, you know, Nick asked where I was. I was like, I'm, I'm 17th right now. This is very solid. Yeah. And yeah. And then, um, uh, then I, I fell back pretty quickly, but I had, you know, thought that I'd run in the mid twenties and uh just kind of stay out of trouble and hope that uh you know some other guys have some issues and you know other guys did have some issues and when you're running in the back typically you get in those issues so uh there was this accident here i think it's like lap 115 or so and yep there's uh there's there's me getting fired right now that's that's i gotta update these screens there um i i updated everybody's resolutions and now it's creeping in on the screen so um, but yeah, there was a big wreck where, um, you know, there had been, and, uh, some contact, I think between Trey and Bradley and, uh, Grant got involved in it. And then, you know, I just had nowhere to go. So that was my day. I contemplated getting back out there and running laps 
10 laps down. And I guess my thought was that I should probably, uh, like, uh, is this really how I want to spend my, my night? Uh, especially the long green flag run running with that much damage would have been, uh, concerning or, or very difficult to run with like eight minutes of damage on the bottom for like what I think we had like an 80 lap green flag run. So, um, glad I didn't do it. I'm not going to lose sleep over not finishing 27th instead of 31st, which I did, which is, uh, my, uh, I think fifth time in the last six races I finished 31st or worse. So it's been a struggle recently. We don't need to highlight that. That was my night. And uh, with that, we go to the faster Mar brother last night. Nick, why don't you tell us about your race? I feel like you remember you had that streak of like 23rd to 28th place finishes for quite a while. Oh, yeah. I, I'm missing that a big time right now. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that's my streak now. But, um, yeah. but yeah, I uh, I don't know. I'm Matt, I'm curious. Do you have any videos from my – I should have asked you to pull the rep that I – the, the, the claimed wreck or the unclaimed wreck that um, wasn't my fault. I don't know. Do you have? Yeah, that I have it. I'm. Yeah, I'm updating it now. I got to okay, fix I'm all this. I, I have not seen it yet. But um, but yeah. Okay. So I I started off. Uh, I don't know where I. I did one practice race. I did an. Uh, I did a official race and I finished six. And it's funny because Agnell won the. He ended up winning our race and he finished six. I finished six. He finished second in our top split. Um, and I asked race. So I, or, uh, I mean, uh, official, official, a, a race. So I thought, I felt pretty good about it. Um, in like the hour of practice that I had, uh, Michael, I, your team owner Grant gave me a few tips and it felt like it really worked. And then I went into the race and didn't listen to him at all. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> you were telling, you were telling me there, like run the low line to save tires. And I was like, I, I like running the high line generally at all tracks. And yeah. I felt like you had to really slow it down to run the bottom. And a lot of people were giving up speed, which is maybe why I thought I was doing so well, passing people on the high side early in the run. Yeah, so. that's what I was thinking as well. So I think I moved up like 17th, as high as 17th. And then the tires started to go away. And then uh, I was just kind of like riding around when Matt Matt's wreck happened. I got damage in that wreck as well. Yeah. Oh, I, so let me my, let me try showing the wreck again. I, they actually did in the broadcast. They showed your point of view, which was pretty cool. Oh. Um, unfortunately, I was right behind you. Um, <laughs> here we go. Let's see. Yeah, those cars went straight down in there. I got wow. That car like flew into me. Yeah. I think that was Grant actually who flew into me. I yeah, Grant know. was the one who flew up the track. He wasn't the one who caused it, but yeah, oh, yeah. But I, I'm curious. Like uh, that car looks sick as well. By the way, I didn't see that actual paint scheme. So oh, there's Matt. Look at all. Okay, let's see. Yeah. Okay, let's see. Yeah, so this is exactly what I saw, and I was like, oh, we're screwed. Oh. What a save by me. <laughs> what a save by me, though. I, that could have been the end of the race right there. Save of the year, yeah. Well, yeah. not save of the year, but not, not that account. <laughs> That was like Kyle Larson on Saturday night on the last couple of laps. Like yeah, like twenty fifth place, and I slammed the wall. But um, I you know I am gonna use that damage as an excuse as to why maybe I wasn't as fast afterward. Um, oh, who's this? That was incredible. I don't know who that was, but man, did you see that? That was insane. that could have been really bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not sure who that was in the very, very back. Uh, oh, it's Sean. It was Sean Casto. So okay. He finds some trouble. Uh, actually, I think it was before this, actually. But um, 
Yeah, so close yeah. up for several people. Yeah, there's my 23 there. Uh, completely destroyed that. So, yeah, and then, and then after that, I uh, it kind of, like, I don't know, maybe my car was just a little slower, I think, maybe slightly, but, I mean, a lot of people had damage, and they seemed to be doing just fine. Um, and then, you know, we got on that long run, and I just basically wore the tires off the car, which was my concern again. So then everybody started passing me, and um, at that point, I, I felt like I did a really good job um, <laughs> getting out of people's ways uh michael can confirm um i don't think we ran into each other and there was one oh, time we, no yeah we were clean I, <laughs> I was trying but i you know uh, i i was trying all i was trying to do was not get in the way and then i was getting annoyed that i was so in the way um like i know there was a few guys trying to pass me um and maybe somebody heard it on the chat i just like I, I barely ever like talk on it but like i was just trying to let a group go and like jeremy had recovered Matt, he was like, when we were yeah, racing, he was he's like 15th or so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, I don't know. I swear I had no room between the wall and I was trying to let him all go. And he ran into me and got some damage. And I was like, I think on the chat, I was like, Jeremy, I'm trying to fucking let you go. Like, don't make me feel bad. <laughs> like, I'm trying not to feel This is like what I'm trying not to do. Um, it seemed, I don't know. I didn't see the replay. I, Ross, Ross said it seemed like I, uh, I gave, like I was up against the wall. I thought it was, I don't think it affected anything. I just, but I'm like, okay, after that, I was like, the last thing I want to do is, you know, just be in the way. So I put some tires on and ran behind our friend dancing for like a hundred laps or like 50 laps at the end. And, uh, like Rhett. So when all that stuff started happening, I was kind of around it. I was right behind the accident that happened too. So, um, I, you know, and just finished 25th. It was just, so, yeah, did you want to did you want to rewatch the your accident that you were in earlier? Me? Yeah, yeah, I've got it queued up. Oh yes, 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 yes. This was fun. This is the other time that I commented. Let's see. <laughs> that was the very end. I think. Uh, I think we get another okay, one. let me tell you what actually happened. I did not there get. You go. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So I mean, maybe you know what it was. I'm actually I'm a little concerned about what I saw at my line there. I mean, definitely that was gonna. I I just. That happened like three corners in a row, and I just I couldn't get on the brakes. I did not get I did not get caused. Uh, there was no fault on me for that accident. Actually, I didn't claim it, and Stoke got the two unclaimed points. So, but it looks and, and when it was happening, all I could think of is this looks bad. This like if you're gonna see it on the you're gonna see it on the broadcast. It looks like I just turned it, but like he stopped right there, and I was going full speed. So that doesn't look too pretty. Also, I think this is another situation where if I'm just looking at it, I really need to get a different setup because I, I can't see all the way to the wall. Like, I feel like there was maybe a half a lane there too. You know what I mean? So that's, yeah, that's yeah. But in that situation, I, I there was nothing I could really, that, that, well, you also came down as you know, you were making contact together. Right. So, yeah, but that doesn't look, that doesn't look good. So I'm really I'm, I'm really surprised that I that Stove got the penalty on that and not me. <laughs> well, you had brought it up on the uh, you had felt like he came up in front of you. Thing I mean, when you slow it down, uh, it's maybe it looks more clear than it actually is in the car, right? So maybe that's why why you got that. <laughs> or just or just Evan heard how aggressive you were calling it out on the radio. And you're like, I'm not even. No, like, maybe that was it. Maybe it's because I literally said on the radio, like, I didn't. I can't. If you if you press the brake when I'm going on the gas, like this is what's gonna happen. Like this, because that's actually what happened. But I gotta tell you, that does not look like that one. So. so Michael, when you see this, what do you what are you thinking? Well, how do you explain this one? Uh 
from that vantage point, it looks like Nick yeah. got got into him pretty good there. Yeah, and then he um, drove him into the inside wall a little bit too. Yeah. Yeah, and and Nick, you mentioned how you might want to tweak your setup as far as like you can't see that good as far as like yeah. peripheral near the wall. Yeah. Um, not only just for just situational awareness, but something like that is also critical just to maximize the uh, the track itself. Um, yes. Just getting a better arc into corners, that sort of thing. Definitely worth looking into. Yep. Uh, well, it's almost Christmas time, Matt. So uh, <laughs> just, <laughs> just so you know. Okay. I've got like six old monitors down here that I've told you. you can, like I've got some 20, 20, I think they're 21 inches. I mean, it's better than nothing. So yeah, we may need to do it. Cause I, like I see that and, and Michael, yeah, that's probably the third or fourth time that I thought, I mean, I think what I think actually would happen, which is why I'm saying this again. So I'll take the blame on it. But I do think if I got a setup where I could see like full vision, I'd probably gain a 10th or two right there because you're right. Oh, yeah. there's, there's, there's time being wasted by not getting closer to that wall. Because exactly. for me, I never like if that's how I was the whole race. Like I certainly hope that wasn't the case. Then I don't think I really had a chance. So you hate to see it there. And that that honestly could be. And you know what? The the as I'm thinking out loud because you know I'm just so incredible, just not giving myself the tools. That could be why I'm a little better on the mile and a half than maybe I am um, at some of these shorter tracks. Why? Because the turns are wider, so you can see it better. Or yeah, yeah. Or you're not getting so close to the wall. You know, maybe like on like off some of these corners, right? So um, mm -hmm. it's not as big of a deal. I don't know. I'm just thinking yeah. about that. So, anyway, that was unfortunate. Sorry, Stove. <laughs> Even though it wasn't my fault, I'm sorry for running into you. That looks that was so bad. So <laughs> wow. I think I almost want to reach out to Evan and say, you know, what what was your reasoning for not giving me the two points though? I'm just like just curious. <laughs> I, I, I I agree with it, and I know it's right, but I just. I, if you're not in the car, I don't know how you, I don't get blamed for that. So anyway, sorry. Okay. Okay. Michael, that was uh, it's a lot of talk about a dumb incident, but uh, <laughs> you're not seeing a little better through all the times that you were, <laughs> that you were, uh, <laughs> that you were uh, lapping me. And it seemed like you were around the top 10 at least. So. Yeah. I, I mean, um, yet yesterday, just to kind of recap how things went um I was surprised that, first of all, I was able to qualify as well as I did uh, qualifying P2. Um, I knew I wasn't going to be terrible, but um, I didn't think I had a shot at the pole, to be honest, based on mm -hmm. what I was seeing in practice. So um, that kind of caught, caught me off guard. Um, I figured something out, though, at least with what I was feeling in the car and with my driving style that... Um, at least when the air pressures were really low and you could kind of see this during the race, I didn't have that really good short run speed um, while those air pressures were low and I was getting really loose on the entry of the corners. So um, I figured, you know what, let me experiment a little bit with my line here. And um, for me running the top was the way to go. I just had more security and I could just attack the turns a lot better um, for a qualifying run. So that's what I ended up doing. And um, it almost got me the pole, which is great. Um, so at a place like Bristol, um, where, again, it's such a short track. Um, and if you have a bad qualifying run, I mean, you're in jeopardy to go a lap down very quick. 
Um, it's really, <laughs> really important to get a good qualifying run there. Um, typically, the top five or so, from what I've seen, they tend to break away, and they kind of just form their own own pack. And then you, you get beyond that point, and then everybody else is just battling hard for position. Um, if you're near that top five, you can kind of start running your own line, take care of your, your equipment, your tires. Um, and that was key. Being able to run the bottom line um, was really important for saving the tires during the race. Um, main reason being slowing down your, your, your mid-corner speed is, is what really helps that right front. Um, so if you're pulling away, you're running your own line, you can, you know, drift the car right out to the wall. You're not battling somebody out from the outside. You can take advantage and just save your stuff. And then if somebody ends up catching you, you can play a little defensive. You can change up your line. You could, you know, go to the high side and do that. So, um, for me is again, that good qualifying run and then just making sure I could stay near the top five. Um, there was one point during the race though, I, I fell back all the way to P12, which was like, man, this is, this is not good. I'm much faster than this. Um, it it was a little bit of me probably being too nice, uh, letting people go by. And, uh, with the way this league is, it's so competitive that, um, if you're, if you're giving up spots, it's really hard to get them back. And, um, I was lucky to get the positions back that I did. Um, and, and end up P6. Yeah. You seem like you're charging a little bit at the end. That's what oh, I'm Oh, yeah. yeah. And uh, the thing was, I, I'm typically a long-run driver. I I thrive on long runs. Um, the short runs, they mess me up. Um, if we have quick caution after quick caution, I can't get in a rhythm. Um, some of the other guys in the league are excellent. They can fire off quick. Low air pressures don't seem to affect them. Um, that's something I got to get better at. Um, but man, when we get those long runs, I feel like I'm probably one of the best as far as being able to save my tires. And that's where it started coming into play. Um, even running a more aggressive line, such as the top or you're a little bit harder on the tires, I still made sure to save enough in the beginning of the, the run to utilize that to my advantage. And um, at the end, you could tell that people burnt off their their stuff and um i was running them down and i needed the race to keep going because i probably could get back you know to the top three potentially um so i I just ran out of time and i gave up too much track position and you know it's funny that's got to be the best feeling i've got to imagine you're especially good at that in you know the fixed official racing where you know i think in league racing you generally see people who are a little better in the long run um i I want to be good on the long run and that feeling of just watching everyone just be like tense slower because they wore their tires off and you were better at it. That's gotta be a really good feeling. Does it take a lot of practice to get good at, uh, you know, the tire saving? And I guess what would you say is the key for you for, for being an effective tire saver? Um, well, this will segue a little bit into, um, my beginnings with iRacing. Um, since I started iRacing back in 2013, I was always attracted to, um, it, it used to be called the K&N series, oh. um, which is now the ARCA series. Yeah. Um, same car, basically. But um, when when they were running the K&N series, that schedule, it was a lot of short tracks. 
Um, and there's no cautions in that series. Um, so you combine that type of car that has a decent amount of horsepower where you're going to get wheel spin off the corners. It's a lot about throttle management. Um, and then you combine that with races that aren't going to have a caution. So, you know, you're going the whole time. Uh, you got to learn how to be there at the end and save your stuff. Um, so I contribute a lot of my long run success to running that series. Um, I'm giving, giving away some secrets here, but yeah. I feel like if anybody wants to get better with their long run speed, run that series, um, especially now with it being an ARCA series where you throw some mile and a half into the fray, um, you really have to learn how to manage your tires. And a lot of that goes to um, watching your inputs, uh, especially mid-corner, how, how far you crank in the steering wheel. If you're trying to compensate where the car feels like it's getting tight and you're, you're cranking more wheel into the thing, that's when you're killing the right front. you got to learn how to back up your entry and, and compensate that way. Um, so, yeah, and, th and there's a few other things you, you pick up on throughout the years watching other people and just getting more mindful of what you're doing throughout a run. But um, it's definitely something to look at for anybody that wants to improve their long run speed. That's very interesting. I think, uh, you know, the, the, the frustrating thing uh, for myself is I feel like I am a little better at long run. You're better than me. If the bar is me, you're good. I Except for short tracks. So and I feel that's what we're getting the long runs. I, I thought maybe like on the mile and a half, so we get some more long runs and maybe, you know, honestly, this has become a much cleaner series all of a sudden. So maybe, uh, maybe that will be the case. I'd be interested um, to see if that works for me just selfishly. But yeah, I think uh, the ARCA series is a lot of fun to race. So <laughs> at the very least, you know, the, the thing is also Michael, see like you're good. So you can get in an ARCA race and do really well, but like, when you're kind of like average to like, well, probably below average, um, you, like, but your I rating is kind of okay. If not a lot of people run it, usually like if you've got a 2200 rating, you're like at the top split. And it's like such a wide range of guys racing. So it's like really hard to have a shot to like run like in the front or like win or anything. So that's usually it's not as fun, but I would argue that that's how you get better as racing with people who yeah. are better than you, right? I mean, that's the cliche answer. I mean, but it's not. It's not fun. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, with with the ARCA series, um, qualifying is really important. Uh, it, it so it's it's a it's a mixed bag. It's like if you qualify near the near the top five or within the top five, you have a realistic shot of winning the race. But if you're outside of that, you're you know closer to tenth, then it comes becomes discouraging because you, you just you're not going to get a caution yeah. to maybe pull strategy or um, you're just, you don't have enough laps to, to do something. So, um, yeah, I, I, that side of things can be frustrating running that series. Um, especially if, um, you're more of a beginner, you're trying to improve, um, you, you can get discouraged because of that. But, um, if you can push aside that aspect and, and stick with it, I feel like it's really beneficial. Um, it, there, there's just, well, nowadays too. Um, with more people on i on i racing than ever, um, you actually have a lot of guys that have an A class license that'll run that series. Um, so you know you're racing against some pretty good guys. It's not necessarily yeah. um, just D class drivers. Yeah. Um, 
but but that is the thing though. I mean, it there can be a really wide gap in some of the races depending on what time you try to aim for. Um, but typically, you know, if you're shooting for like eight o'clock Eastern, um, you can get into some pretty good splits with some some good drivers, and it, it makes it interesting. Yeah, I've, I raced uh, Elliot Sadler a few times when I raced. Oh, that's, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I passed him once. <laughs> Crashed <Really>? him once. <laughs> Does he talk? Does he talk on the radio? Yeah, he, oh. he, I've seen it. Yeah, a few times. Yeah, a little bit. Um, he, he was the one who probably talked the most. So yeah, he's a good guy. Nice. Nice. All right, we've taken notes. It's gonna be a lot of. It's gonna be a lot of cannons. I I love hearing that because I, I was telling Nick this too, and I think Sam had brought it up last week. And like, okay, how do you prepare for Richmond? There's no, you know, it's week thirteen. Oh, go practice and run a bunch of laps. Well, if I don't get to play i racing that often, and and I don't have a lot of free time. The last thing I want to do is go join a session by myself and run some laps and just practice. I want to be in a race. I want to compete. And uh, the issue with like, say doing an A fixed race is that's going to take you like an hour for a session, right? Where if I want to sneak in like a quick practice session or like schedule something between meetings at work. Like I can't commit an hour, right? That's a lot of time to just block off. Whereas like an ARCA race or a K&N race, you know, that's, you're going green flag, you're practicing long run speed, you're in a race, and that's you can usually time box that to about 25 to 30 minutes for the race, right? So I really like that, and I might actually start doing that. So I appreciate the tidbit. Yeah. Uh, Sam says being in a race is the worst, uh, the worst way to practice. I do enjoy the, like, the, we did, when I did the Bristol race, I, I wanted to see what like restarts were like around other cars just to get a feel of what that was like. Um, when we would do the, the winter series and it would just be a practice and I never even run a Xfinity car at any of these tracks, it would be like, okay, like, okay, man, I'm going into turn one. I've never raced around anybody at this track before. I have no idea what it's going to be like. So I do like, I don't think it probably teaches a lot about like how to be fast, but at least I like being around other cars. And I was at the beginning of the year, I was so bad at restarts. And I don't think I've complained about it. I'm still, I'm just bad at everything, but I was like really bad at restarts. So, uh, and I would lose like a lot of- Yeah, stuff. Homestead was brutal, I remember. Yeah, I, I had a shot to finish actually like top 15 there. And uh, I just couldn't on the restarts do a thing. I was just going straight backwards, um, like 10 spots. And then, you know, like you said, Michael, it's impossible. It's really hard to pass. So then it's like, you're, you lose five spots. I would gain them all back in like 30 laps and the caution would come on. It's like, well, that was a waste of time. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> so, and and so, it's harder. It, yeah. It's harder too now because, like, um, uh, unfortunately, with the way the fixed setups tend to be, it tends to trend more on the tight side. So mm. once you get later in a run, it gets really hard to make passes. I mean, and, and and preferred lines can change. Like the bottom can be really quick when you have a lot of grip with the tires, but then that'll transition. You'll start getting really tight on corner exit, and you can have somebody running the outside. They just pinch you down there and you can't do anything. So yeah. um, I will say probably one of the best weeks I've had um, in recent memory, as far as just having a ton of fun. Um, well, there's two, I'll give two. Um, main one though was Homestead in the Arca yeah. series. Now, oh. I don't know if you guys ran it, but that setup was one of the loosest I've ever driven. Um, it, it, it was like a breath of fresh air to me. Um, it, you were so on edge. And the neat thing about it was 
you can change up your line. You could run multiple grooves at that place. You could go right up against the wall, but um, you really were risking, you know, just getting right into the wall, and then, then you're just stuck, and, you know, it's all over from that point. Or you could try running the bottom and make some speed there. Um, I had a lot of, a lot of fun running that week, um, but also recently um, they had Rockingham on the schedule. Yeah. Um, that, that's got to be one of my favorite tracks on iRacing, um, especially uh, now that they gave it a little bit of the grip strip treatment. They uh, helped that top groove. Like if you go back and you watch races from, you know, yeah. the 90s, early 2000s, guys running right against the wall um, in both, both ends of the track. You can actually do that now. And uh, I've been waiting for that for years, ever since they brought the track to iRacing. So yeah. um, I actually had a really good battle with Agnel. Uh, we both got in the same race, which is pretty cool. Um, yeah. But yeah, that, that was a lot of fun. I would like to do that. I, I would like, I would like to be able to run the outside like that. I will say that some of the, you know, the, uh, you don't want to think you're making me want to get back in an Xfinity car and run that a lot more because I had like, when I, I feel like, uh, this isn't a lot of fun, but when, uh, when I got to B class last year, like at the end of this time last year, like the end of last year, I would just, I was running a lot of B class. And I don't think I've ever had so much fun at some of these tracks, <laughs> even though they're like a real bitch in boxes to drive. Um, they're like kind of out of control. Like I remember yeah. the Homestead week was just like the, I think that was the most fun I think I've ever had, um, in a car, um, other than Darlington before they repaved it, but, um, in an Xfinity car, cause it was all over the place. You had to run the outside kind of, or like close to the outside, um, to make, it was just a lot of fun holding on like that, like a car that's that loose and that hard to drive, but. You know, obviously I'm, I'm playing people that are not as good as you are. So like, it's just a different field, but being competitive is just a lot of fun when you're like hanging out like that. It's very loose. You're on the outside. Things that like you could do, Matt, we kind of talked about this yesterday. Things that you like, you try to do in the video games growing up that never really worked when you were playing the AI, you can kind of do sometimes, you know, like now you get to kind of do some of that in these, in these, like in these races. And it's just a lot of fun. Um, if you can get past the, you know, the grip strip people, that aren't happy with that and the hard to pass and all that. So there's, there's a lot of fun in it, you know? So um, I, I know, I know you guys, um, I think you, you joined after, uh, 2016, correct? Oh yeah. Oh, way after. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, I, I'm sure other people have brought this up. I think grant granted when he was on, but I, I feel bad for anybody that missed I racing during that year. That was, probably the most fun you you've had on the sim if if you're on at that time um with the a car with the low downforce package and they actually had dynamic track conditions working it was a little bit of a like they had to kind of fudge some things and swing things to an extreme as far as getting heat in the track um to make things work but man did it work like uh, the mile and a half are a blast running yeah. um, Atlanta, Chicagoland, especially Chicagoland. You know, you could start the race running the very bottom, and you had guys running right up against the wall. And, you know, you'd run about 50 laps. If everybody was running the bottom, all of a sudden you notice it's getting really slick, and then everybody would start searching around the track. Um, that is something I really hope iRacing is going to get back at some point. Um, Especially now that we have uh, 
all these arrow effects added where it makes it really frustrating on the mile yeah. and a half. Um, we really need some extra incentive to be able to move around. So hopefully what? we'll get back. To and the next gen car is coming. Oh God. <laughs> yeah. Well, what does dynamic track feel like? Like, how do you, like, how do you know? Like, I feel like it moved, like I would, so I would assume, and I, I didn't, so Michael, correct me when I'm wrong. Um, and on dirt tracks, it's obviously they have dynamic track. We saw it at Bristol dirt where, you know, you, you use up the bottom, you know, the, the groove starts moving up right up the track. And it's much more visible on a dirt track, but I would assume maybe that same concept just on asphalt. It, yeah, it, it's kind of the same concept. Um, maybe in a way, not, not as uh, like clear cut, but like, it's something that you would, you would notice um, in your lap time and uh, a little bit with fuel, like you would just notice uh, the grip level wasn't quite there like it used to be. Um, and you would kind of be sliding a little bit more mid corner to corner exit. And then you're like, you get to a point where you could actually see it too, where the rubber was being laid down quite a bit, which you see, you see today, um, with what we have now, but it, for, for whatever reason, you could really notice it too back then. And it's like, okay, here's a sign. We've, we've ran plenty of laps in, in this groove. Let's start moving around and searching and, um, yeah, it was, it, it's a little bit like like that dirt feel where you notice things just changing. Yeah. So yeah, I was I was thinking that was gonna. And I I mean, does does i racing say that dynamic tracks not a thing anymore? I thought it was a thing. Is it just not not as effective? I guess I, you know. I think at a point in time, maybe like a year or two ago, they had noticed that it wasn't working like it should, right? And then I thought they had made some fixes, but is that not the case? I guess I don't know enough about the, the state of dynamic track. So um, I'll throw out there now, I'm probably one of the biggest fans of iRacing, but um, yeah. I, I, I got I to gotta talk bad against them in, in, in this aspect. And I know they're a company, they got to put out good marketing, good PR. I get it. Um, this is one of those things, though, where – you got to hunt around in the forums to get answers and clear mm -hmm. answers. Um, I'm one of those people that I like reading about tech stuff and whatnot. So <laughs> I'll, I'll dig in the forums and, and go to town on that. But uh, you go in the forums, you start, you know, typing in dynamic track conditions and um, you're going to see some posts in there from uh, Coke series drivers. And you can look at clips, uh, you know, back in 2016 through like early 2019 and you notice a clear difference in the racing and how they're able to move around and so on and so forth. And um, you'll see, like, if you read through the patch notes, um, like once they got onto this version seven tire model, that's when things got broken. Um, it's just the way the tire interacts with their, the track surface. It's not like it used to be with the version six tire. And so they've, They've kind of they've they've lost whatever they had, and they're now playing catch up. And unfortunately, it, it just seems like they're so far into this new tire model, they just can't go back. They they have to figure something new out. Um, like I mentioned, though, with what they had before, it wasn't completely realistic because they kind of pumped in a lot of heat into the tracks to kind of magnify the effects to work. Um, so it wasn't perfect. But it was definitely more fun than what we yeah. have now. Um, so they, 
they are just they're playing catch up right now and um they haven't like put out a statement saying hey we know there's a problem we're working on it there's stuff in the forums you'll see staff post but it's not something that they're going to put on the front page of iRacing. Interesting. So that's fair. I was, I was, yeah. I was thinking, I, I was honestly thinking, you know, maybe I can work in the high line. There were so many people running the high line last night. I was like, maybe the high line will start to come in later in the race a little bit more. Uh, it didn't seem like the track really changed at all from what I watched the, the second half of the race on my couch. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, it, it, started to a little bit um but I, I think more of what they're doing right now is they're they're looking into track properties which is something that they needed to do like um even you know back in 2016 um auto club was broken i, I mean you you could not run the top and make any speed mm. with what they've done now with certain tracks i mean they're they're definitely they're, they're on the right track with certain things but they have to add on top of that there's still a ways to go Interesting. Well, something to keep an eye on, hopefully. <laughs> if they had it once, they can have it again, right? Yeah. So, oh, yeah. Um, and I guess, you know, for you, Michael, um, I guess we should talk. Agnel won the race. I don't necessarily know how he won, but I think he was up front the whole time. He certainly was first, but he was lapping me every time. So um, he was in, he was in second, and Drew was, uh, I think, it, uh, some, somewhat early. Um, Drew had an issue. I think he said it's like the, the screen moved or something. Like he had lost the iRacing window, somehow didn't wreck his car. He was in the back with Nick and I. Nick yeah, we Nick right. tried to wreck him right before we went a lap down. <laughs> I and, did. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then so Drew was in the back with us in like the mid-20s. And then and then of course, you know, you tune in later in the race and he's you know top five. Then he was leading, and then there was that weird whatever happened at the end there um i guess michael give us your thoughts you're running up in the front there you you're consistently running up front uh, i gotta imagine if that happened to you you'd be pretty upset right now um i guess what are your thoughts on what happened there at the end um yeah that that's an awful situation um i mean andrew he's he's got something figured out right now well he's had something figured out that would have been three in a row yeah so, um, I mean, the third race on the service from what he told us. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, um, there, there's certainly when, when you have like me as a driver, um, thinking of it in my perspective, like if I was on a string of bad races and I lucked into one, I'll certainly take it, but that's not how you want to win a race. You like, you, you hate for something like that to affect an outcome of a race. Cause, um, it, it's just kind of cheap you want to straight up beat somebody. Um, so I, I, I feel bad for him. I, I, that, that's just, it's awful. Um, luckily he has those, those wins in this round. So, um, if that was a circumstance where it costs him getting into the next round, oh man, oh, yeah. that, that'd be brutal. Yeah. I guess I, I had had the thought and, I don't know how you manage it going forward because the second you do it for one person, you probably feel like you've set a new standard. But I was thinking to myself while I was watching, I was like, well, just tell Drew to ignore the black flag, run out the last two laps. If iRacing disqualifies him, you see where he is on the track. And if he wins, he wins. Just correct the standings afterwards, right? Um, 
but then you set a standard and what if that happens halfway through a race or at the beginning of a race? Right. So I understand why that wasn't a call, but, um, I guess that was my thought when it happened. I was like, Oh, just, just let him, just let him go get black flagged and disqualified from the lead. We know he's, he's not going anywhere, but was he in the lead? Um, yeah, he was in the lead when he pitted. Yeah. He would have been in the lead. Yeah. Oh no. What was the whole, what was the broadcast saying? Does it even mention? Do we even know what was happening? Yeah, so so um, uh, Evan wanted to clear the black flag, um, but iRacing doesn't let you clear that specific black flag. I guess uh-huh. is uh, you know there's more technical reasons why, but he couldn't clear the black flag. So Drew had to serve the black flag, which was to go to the end of the longest line. Oh jeez. Yeah. So. Have you ever had anything like that happen to you in a race before, Michael? Oh boy, um, not not something to that effect where I I felt like, oh my gosh, I racing really screwed me over. Yeah. Um, more so something of my doing. It actually happened at Richmond a, few, a couple weeks back, um, where it was late in the race and we. I think it was the last caution that we got or one of the last ones. And um, the the field was having to play catch up um, and, and catch up to the pace car. And I got the prompt on my screen, pit roads open. And I'm, I'm heading into turn three. I'm like, oh, I'm going to shoot right into pit road. Wrong. You can't do that. You got to catch up to the pace car because um, it, it just screws everything up. Um, you'll have like an unfair advantage, which makes sense. You have to catch up yeah. to the pace car. So, um, that was my fault, uh, for the most part, but I think with that race though, um, at the very end, there was people saying, Hey, delay the green, delay the green. Um, mm-hmm. not everybody's, you know, caught up to, to, you know, get in the yes. right lane and whatnot. Um, so that, that was something that was unfortunate to happen. Um, I, I'm not going to blame evan or anything like that I, there's so much going on it's yeah chaotic like to be broadcasting and officiating that's a lot um ideally though you'd want to delay the green um and it was so late too um yeah. that like there, there's so many things that that can go wrong I, I get it um but just just one of those things yeah, we had some odd glitches that I guess I, I won't say they're glitches, but some some unique strategy on pit road that uh, kind of gained and or lost a spot. So, uh, Michael, I don't know if you watched the truck race last Wednesday. Uh, that was right here. It was um, absolutely ridiculous. Uh, I, missed I missed it, but I did. I did see a couple like uh, clips of the, the last few laps, which looked yeah. Well, we'll play him, Yeah, we'll play them here in a little bit. But the way that the, the, the track was so short that. Um, the cars that had pitted the second time around seemed to have like gotten out of pit road before the lap previous cars had gotten around the track. And so I think there was a point where like four or five of us had pitted and Nick, you pitted on the next lap. So you wouldn't go a lap down and you actually ended up passing us all. And it happened at Bristol too for Nick and I specifically, I think for me, the first time I pitted, I was like, well, I'm in like 28th place. I don't want to go lap down. And so I stayed out an extra lap. I pitted the next lap and I got up to like 22nd because I had come out, I guess, before some of the cars had come around, which is really uh, interesting. Uh, so some weird things happen at, on pit road at, at Bristol. Um, nonetheless, we're, we're happy for Agnell. Um, yes. Something similar happened um, 
with Rhett and that whole playoff battle. Um, there was the accident with five laps to go where Rhett had been cleared by his spotter uh, on Daniel. So that's what had happened. And he was not clear. And there was an accident. And if, you've got to be thinking if you're Rhett at that point, you just can't get in an accident. You can't have a yellow come out. You're up by 10 points at that point in time. Uh, at the right. chance of yeah, yeah, he's been fast every week, right? So it wasn't necessarily a surprise. And um, the only reason he was around the cutoff line was because at Darlington, he was he had qualified in the top five and had some computer issues. So, so yeah, so he had that that issue. Then he took the claim. The claim didn't put him all the way in the back. And he had, um, instead of being 16th at the end of the longest line, he was put in 12th. And he finished 12th which had given him a four-point cushion on Sean at 13th place. And then, um, you know, obviously, you know, he was supposed to go to the end of the longest line. Now, iRacing didn't enforce it. So we had the whole uh, mess overnight and into today with Evan and the mysterious review board looking at uh, what had happened and, um, you know, them coming to the conclusion that, hey, uh, you know, Rhett shouldn't have been in 12th. He should have been back in 16th. And I noticed on the broadcast, I was like, something's not right. He just took an EOL for causing the caution, and he's ahead of four other cars. And there are several cars a lap down. He would have been pretty far back. Uh, so they put Rhett back to 16th. Uh, not not his fault, uh, iRacing's fault. Lost the four points, and we had a tie. We had several tiebreakers, and, and Rhett ends up getting in. Um, a complete mess that I'm sure Evan's glad is uh, you know over for now. Uh, I guess, you know, Nick and Michael, what are your thoughts on kind of what transpired over over the day today uh, with the, the points cutoff? Michael, you go first. <laughs> um, it it certainly it kind of reminds me of uh, 2013 with yeah. uh, Spingate and uh, Jeff Gordon getting in. And yeah. Jeff Gordon's he's my favorite driver of all time. So. Me too. All right. All right. I got another one. Yeah, that was a good one. I mean, I, I think with, with what happened there, um, again, just crazy circumstances. Um, it's something that you don't want to happen, but it happened. And um, I, 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 I'm fine with it personally. I, I think Evan went about it a, a good way. Um, I liked how he uh, broke everything down, gave his reasoning. Um, I also like how he had a system in place, you know, in the event that there's a tiebreaker, this is what we're, we're going to look at. Um, to me, that made a lot of sense. Um, and it's crazy how all their numbers matched up between uh, Rhett and yeah. John. At that point in time, so, if you're Evan, you're like, this is why the rule book is like 10 pages long and I'm this thorough because there's going to be that situation that comes up once and I'm going to have my ass covered. Cause I thought, I thought in, in the cup series, if I'm not mistaken, or I think in all the NASCAR series, it's best finish in the round is the tiebreaker, which I mean, Rhett would have won anyways, but I thought that was going to be the tiebreaker. So I was reading through that note. I was like, Oh God, what, what is, what is he saying? Who made it in? Are we going to have 13 drivers in the chase? It was his, uh, was the, was the tiebreakers? I didn't see the tiebreakers. Uh, wins in the round, top fives in the round, top tens in the round pulls of the round and then it was laps led in the round which red had led one lap and that was the tiebreaker 
Yeah. John had loved none. So the next tiebreaker would have been best finish in the round, which was rat, which was eighth. I think Sean had a 10th place finish at Darlington, if I'm not okay. mistaken. Okay. Yeah. So it all would have been the same. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I guess in my thought would be, I appreciate the effort that went into it. I guess, you know, if you're the league, you could have just said, well, that's just how it went and it's over. Yeah. So that caused a lot of extra work uh, for Evan and all of them to come out with the same response, but uh, the same, the same result, I should say. But um, I mean, overall, I think that was solid. That was a, you know, it was probably going to do that and explain it. So good job. Yes, yes, absolutely. And I think, um, Sean, Sean had wanted to jump on. We were going to give him a few minutes, but he had he had to call it a night. But he was just going to say that he uh, appreciates the thoroughness and the fairness of the the review process and what Evan had done, and you know wishes the best to the, the rest of the top twelve. So um, a little bit of drama. Uh, I mean, it was Bristol, so I think we expected some drama. Um, and you know, obviously, Michael, you had the great finish. Congrats to Agnell. Uh, I think that's all we had on Bristol, unless you guys had anything left over you wanted to talk about before we moved on. No, it was a disaster for me, so no. <laughs> <laughs> so with that, why don't we go back to to Michael? And why don't see the points? Are we going to see the points or anything like oh, that? Yeah, I guess we could. So I usually look at the points going into next week, but we know they're all being reset. So, um, yeah, let me go. Let me show the standings. This is the – the end here. Some names have moved a lot. Like Sean was, I think he was in eighth or ninth. And, you know, like I think like sixth through 14th were pretty close together. But Sean, I think, was like eighth or ninth coming into this week and had fallen out after having an incident early and stumbling the, I think it was 24th or 25th place. Oh. Um, Nick Silver had some issues and got it a little bit close, but he had a nice buffer before this. I think he was third or fourth in points. Um, Daniel missed the race, right? And still made it in because he finished second and third the last two weeks. I don't think that surprises anyone. It would have been a shame if, if he wouldn't have gotten through that round because of a suspension. So no, no necessarily. No, no, surprise. I mean, uh, not really. That was his fault. So I wouldn't say that. Would I would say talent wise, just talent wise. Oh, if you, yeah, want, you want the fastest guys racing for a championship. Yes, I think you yes. want, you don't want Daniel Everhart getting out. Yeah. But I think you look at all these, I mean, everybody in this group, and I think I had called it out last week, and I noticed it this week while I was, again, watching because I was out early, is that, you know, 10, 11 guys in the top 13, all playoff guys, I mean, not not really a surprise. You know, the, there's, this is a, a stacked group of guys. So even to make it to the round of 12, you look at the guys who missed it, Sean, Jeremy, and Brian all had wins this year, right? So and they're they're out after the first round. So, uh, and Kyle's been incredibly, uh, incredibly consistent. So to make it the next round is a big deal. And I, I still think you look at the 12 here. I don't know what four you take out. Um, I don't know what four miss it. So, um, <laughs> maybe that's a discussion for later for now, uh, on predictions, but I guess my, uh, Michael, when you look at this list, I mean, obviously you went through this whole thing last year with the playoff battle and got to the final four. Uh, what are your thoughts going into the round of 12 in the next three races? Um, this this could be the hardest round to get through. Um, reason I say that is mainly due to Talladega. Um, you, you just never know with that race. And um, with the way that the model and half tracks drive nowadays um, with the added arrow effects, um, we kind of saw – a little bit of a preview of what to expect. I think with the Atlanta race we had earlier in the year, 
Um, I, I think that's going to be a tough race. You know, you, you get hung out and, and, and you're going to be falling to the back. Um, having a good finish at Vegas is going to be critical just to give you that buffer going into Dega. Um, and then for anybody that is um, maybe struggling with road courses or they just don't feel as confident in their abilities at a road course, having the Roval in there is, is certainly not going to do anybody any favors. Um, for me personally, I, I view it where I got to ha have a really good run at, at Vegas. Um, Dega's Dega. You got to do all you can to hopefully survive. Um, I feel like one of the areas where I've really improved the most, maybe it doesn't show necessarily um, with finishes, um, but I feel like I've, I'm, I've improved a lot with road courses over the past few years, just finding extra speed. Um, there's so many fast guys in this league, though, on road courses that um, you kind of have to tamper your expectations a little bit. Um, in any other league where you would be con competing for a top three finish or a top five, you're realistic, realistically looking at more of a top ten finish. Um, so for me, I should be able to get a top 10 finish at the Roval. Um, hopefully Dega wasn't a shit show for me and I can move on. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, it's going to be a tough round. I'm curious. So you, how are you feeling? Like, I mean, obviously, you know, um, like you just said, it's going to be difficult, but you know, you look at the standings, you're right there with everybody who didn't, you know, win in that round um, right up there at the highest point score. So do you think, is this year on track the same? Like, have you thought this year has gone better, worse, about the same as last year at this point? And you think you can get um, Well, if you look at my stats, um, it, it's definitely a worse year for me. Um, okay. I certainly have a lot of top 10 finishes, which is great. But last year, my top five finishes, uh, for me to be able to pull off that many top fives um, is – pretty incredible to look back on and it's extremely hard to repeat. Um, but um, like I mentioned, this league is so competitive that um, you got to step back and you got to look at the amount of new drivers that have joined the league this year uh, versus what we had last year. And um, really you just add in a couple really fast drivers and, you know, that's the difference between getting the top, the top 10 finishes versus getting the top fives. Um, so I still think I'm having a good year, um, but I, I still I haven't found victory lane yet, which is something I really want to do this year. Um, I don't want to go winless, um, yeah. but I feel like where I'm at right now, um, I just got to – make sure to keep executing during these races. I think I've done a better job in the past couple of weeks. Um, and I think I found a little bit more speed. Um, but you, you can't have finishes worse than top 10 to advance. The, the, the competition level is too good. Um, so you just got to do all you can to maximize your finishes and um, hopefully not beat yourself and whatever happens, happens. I see you have the third most top 10s. Just taking a look here. Yeah, so, I was, I was kind of on a, uh, a William Byron streak earlier in the yeah. year. Where I had a yeah. great yeah. streak going with the top tens. And then um, we hit a couple of tracks. Um, I think it was right after 
the update where they introduced the summer. Arrow. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that really messed me up. I, I was out to lunch at some of the tracks, just trying to figure things out. Like, okay, how do you, how do you got to drive? Do you have, you know, as far as being more aggressive or more, more, more defensive. Um, so it took me a little bit. I kind of had that, that Jimmy Johnson, uh, summer slump going there. Yeah. And, uh, I, now I'm starting to turn things back around a little bit. Um, but, uh, some of these tracks we're going to, I, I feel pretty good about, um, I think notably Kansas, I, I've, I've figured out something there recently. I feel really good about that place. Um, Martinsville, hopefully if I get to that round, I feel, I feel really good about Martinsville. You wanted um, Kansas last year. So I did. I, I did. No reason uh, I wouldn't feel like that, yeah. 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 Um, so no, I, I think it, it gets harder though. Cause the, the deeper you make a run into these playoffs, the more you got to up your game. So, uh, top tens are great, but I, I got to start clicking off some top fives and, and I got to figure out a way to do it. So, um, you know, pressure's on, but, um, yeah. I think, do, do you feel you like know, you're a guy who steps up when the pressure comes? Because I mean, you called it out. Well, first off, obviously you made that championship four run last year. Uh, and then, you know, you look at the, at the summer slump, if you want to call it that, uh, with six finishes outside the top 10 ish, I think, I think you had what 10th place and a sixth place in there. And then, you know, playoff start and out of the drivers who ran all three races, uh, in the first round of the playoffs, you've got the third best average finish behind only Daniel and and Andrew. So, uh, you know, that's the Michael Loria. We know we saw a lot of last year. We saw at the beginning of this year with the top 10 streak. Um, but even that, you know, the top 10 streak this year, and uh, you can certainly correct me if I'm wrong, was a lot of uh, back half of the top 10 runs, right? They were six to 10th place finishes. You've only got two top fives this year and you've gotten two top sixes in the last three races. So is that, is that a different gear you're hitting? Are you practicing more now that the playoffs are here? What what changes, or do you just feel like you're a better driver under the the championship playoff uh, pressure here? Um, I, I think there there's a lot of factors that go into it. Um, I certainly feel like I I try to up my game come playoff time. Um, you you just really got to get in a mindset of, of being able to execute a full race and make sure that um, you can cover as much strategy as far as how the race plays out as possible. I think that's really important. Um, I think what's been interesting though, we've, we've had these races where it's gone green quite a bit recently, yeah. which is a great thing to see. Um, I think that helps me out getting those long runs. Certainly. Um, the other thing though, is I think you get later into the season and now you're kind of more familiar with how guys are racing. Um, you kind of just, you know, know their mentality a little bit more and, um, you know, who to maybe give a little bit more room on the track, who you can race a little bit harder. Um, so that kind of maybe adds some confidence to, to the mix. Um, I will say though, I, I hope, you know, it, next round I can execute. I hope it's, you know, I, I'm, I'm not going to uh, regress, but I feel like round one was some of my best tracks. So, yeah. That makes me, you know, a little bit nervous in a way because um, they are my best tracks, I feel. And, you know, to me, uh, not getting a top 10 would be 
a disaster in my opinion. Yeah. I need to get those top 10 finishes at some of my best tracks. So <laughs> um, moving forward, um, it is going to be tougher for me. I'm definitely going to have to do my homework, put in a little bit more practice, and uh, just just keep on it. So that so that transition, Matt. <laughs> yeah. So uh, no, we'll we'll get there. So we'll we'll build it up oh, okay. to Phoenix. Yeah, from last year. Yeah. Obviously, everybody's yeah. want some comments on that. Um, but let's let's start with with 2020. How did you find? Uh, and we'll go further back later. But how did you find RSR? How did you find uh, your your team here with Flat Out Motorsports? Obviously, we had we had Grant on the show, so we talked a little bit about it. But how did you find that team, and then how did you find RSR? Oh wow! So um, as far as the team itself, um, we're gonna go back a ways, uh, back to 2015, um, which is the first time I've ever ran a league. Um, it was it was a small league. Um, I found in the forums a guy. Is like, hey, I, I want to start up a new league. I, I, I need drivers. And um, I'm like, you know what? I, I ran iRacing for a year. Let me just let me try this league thing out. Let's see what this is about. And um, unfortunately, the league didn't last long. We just didn't get the numbers. Um, but the big thing that came out of it was uh, I met my teammate, Grant Davis. Um, he joined the league and... Um, he, he noticed, uh, hey, you're, you seem really fast. Um, I'm running this other league called Upper Edge. Would you want to try it out? Um, I got some other teammates that run it. It's pretty competitive. Um, I think you'd be a good fit. And, uh, man, I almost, uh, almost blew that opportunity because um, at the time I was in college, uh, my, my schedule was kind of erratic, and, uh, like, man, I don't know if I have the time to do this um, right now. And then there was other official series that I wanted to maybe dabble into. Um, actually, the V8 Supercars was one. I wanted to become yeah. a better road racer at the time. Yeah. And uh, that's something that I want to go back and do. I definitely want to yeah. run those cars because they're they're pretty wild. But um, yeah. um, anyways, I a few months have passed. And I'm like, you know what? I, it's the summer now. I, I have a little bit more time. Let me see if Grant still has a space for me on the team. Let's try this out. And uh, luckily he did. So um, in uh, the end of 2015, or uh, no, sorry, uh, this would have been early summer of 2015, uh, the league upper edge, they ran two seasons. They ran an A season in the spring and then a B season in the fall. And this was about the Xfinity car. Um, so I made a couple starts at the end of the A season. Um, I, th I think one of them was at Homestead, and uh, I think I got a, t a third place finish. And those are some of the best guys that I've raced against at that time. I, I the, yeah. the talent level was way higher than what I've experienced. I'm like, man, this is really neat. You know, they have a great schedule. Um, they have a really good car count, and um, I ran that for a few years and um through that league i met grant i became really good friends with him um also bradley burke he was uh teammates with grant at the time and um we've been racing together ever since um wow. uh joseph tice he, he yeah. was in that league as well we weren't teammates at the time but um joey was somebody that um i learned quickly that you can race with really hard 
and he gives you a lot of space. He's one of the cleanest drivers you're ever going to race against. Um, so I became friends with him, and then eventually we got him onto our team. And um, and then uh, uh, Sam Nieto is somebody that I uh, met in the past, I think, three years or so. And um, it was through this other league called uh, Integrity Racing League. And uh, I think yes, there was a, a truck series that they were putting on. I'm like, you know what, let me try this league out. It's trucks, um, short tracks. Let's give it a shot. And I think it was the first race I, I did. It was at uh, USA International. And Sam and I had a hell of a battle. I mean, we were racing each other. We were racing the piss out of each other. But <laughs> we were, uh, we, you know, we kept it clean. And uh, like, man, this is cool. Somebody else, you know, I can race hard with and, and go at it. And uh, then uh, we just kind of brought Sam into the fold. And the uh, uh, rest has been, been history. But... As far as joining RSR, uh, Joseph Tice, he um, he mentioned to the group that, hey, I used to run in this league, and yeah. uh, this was like back in, I think, 2017 or so, and he said, hey, it's really competitive. I want to give this another try. Um, and so we all agreed, yeah, let's, let's give this league a shot. And uh, wow, last year, found out quick how competitive <laughs> this league is. It, it is no joke. Um, by far the most competitive league I've ever been in. Really? You, you yeah. jumped right in, though. I mean, your first seven races, you finished in the top seven. Like, I mean, you were an instant competitor. I think you were leading the points at least seven races in. So were you just blowing the water out of everyone in your other leagues? Uh, no, no. I, I mean, I not – I so if I go back um, – the, this league that used to be around Upper Edge, where I really got my big start with leagues. Um, they had some really good drivers in that league. Um, but back in 2016, I had probably statistically one of my best seasons ever on iRacing or in a league. I think I won seven races in that league, and my top tens and top fives are really, really good. Um, but that was at a time where the, the cars, the setups just fit me perfectly i don't know what it was about it maybe the tire model and all that stuff but uh um anyways through running that league um and then i ran in irl as well um there's some really good guys in there um not necessarily you take like the whole league like you're gonna have it where you get to a certain point there's some drop off but um you have some like top maybe five six seven drivers that are excellent and you know they just Elevate your game. Um, yeah. With RSR, I can safely say that this is the most stacked field as far as, like, the depth of, you know, you look down the list of drivers. And, you know, if you're in the top 15, you're still battling some really fast yeah. drivers. Oh, yeah. And it's to the point, too, where, um, you know, you, you mess up on pit road or anything happens during the race and you fall behind a little bit. It is so much harder in this league to claw back those positions. Um, I, I think last year, I, I, I don't know. I think it was, uh, a mentality starting out like, Hey, um, I'm in a new league. I'm the rookie in this league. Um, I don't want to look stupid. I don't want to look, I don't want to look like an idiot. I want to feel like I can belong. That's us every week. Yeah. Guys. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> it, it's just one of those things. Like you, I, I think I just, I was able to get in that mindset and elevate my game to, 
to compete um, heavily in the league. And um, but it's it's hard. It's hard, and especially this year, it's it, it you know it's uh, been more of a wake up call with just the new additions that that yeah. they brought in. It's like man, you really you really got to dig and you really got to be on your game to uh, keep up really good performances. Yeah. It- it's funny. I feel I was telling your team owner earlier, some point this past week. It feels kind of like a, kind of feels like a mini Coke series at this point. Yeah, <laughs> it really does. Like it's not yeah, honestly, definitely. it's really not that far off. It, it just it isn't. And it's also, you know, I, I mean, this is a twenty fifth to thirtieth place driver speaking, but anytime, you know, the few times I've raced with some of our our top performers, like in, in top split and just like a a fixed races like um, Andrew and Liam and like Agnel this week. Um, like, I mean, they are up at like, like these guys are like starting first and second, winning polls, winning races. And even I'm finishing top 10 and I look like a piece of fucking shit in our league. And like, then we go and we race normal people and, you know, we look like stars almost sometimes. So um, it really is incredible. Um, you know, I mean, Nick, that comment's not far fetched and this is, uh, I'll throw it up because it f- feels like a good segue and I'll, Remove your faces from the side here, but yeah, the the road to pro the road to pro standings are. I mean, we have you know six guys competing to be in the Coke series. You know, that's what like a we're talking almost you know fifteen to twenty percent of the field here is in contention to possibly run in the Coke series next year. So you talk about the the you know the level of competition in our league. I mean, you see it here. Right. And, and even the, the six guys who made it the round two, they're all in the top half. Uh, very, very close to the cutout, a cutoff line with one race left. I know this oh, is not one. including this is not including a, a drop week. So I don't know how that's going to change yeah. the standings. This is just what's generally available. It's very, very close. Right. So <laughs> week seven, I think it's like a week or two from now. I'm not 100 percent sure. I probably need to look up the schedule. It's, it's soon for Road to Pro. Um, it's going to be very intense and hopefully all these guys can get in. I think Dylan's maybe a little too far out, but Agno felt like he was too far out last week and he's three points behind the cutoff line now after last week. Right. So, and I think there are something like 12 guys within five points from like 17th to 30th place. Right. So it is very close for top 20. Um, I know a lot of hard work and efforts, being done by these these guys so they they deserve their shout out but that 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 is the level of our league i guess on that note you know michael last year and this year you've ran with a lot of those guys did you make a run for road to pro or is that something that had crossed your mind and if you did how did that go um so uh this year um there's possible the possibility to jump into road to pro um I was talking to Grant about it and um, we had some things that were potentially going to line up for us. And then unfortunately they fell through um, at the last moment. We were uh, looking at maybe joining a team um, that had some good guys on there and and the resources to uh, jump in and be fairly competitive. Um, I know with myself and and Grant, um, we have basic knowledge of, of setups and whatnot, but, not nearly enough of what you need to to compete with these guys so um if you really want to have a realistic shot you either got to really know about car setup or you have to find a team that has the resources and the know-how to do that um 
it it just didn't didn't pan out this year for that. Um, it is certainly something that um, I I would be interested in though uh, in in the future, and hopefully it happens a little bit sooner than later. Um, while I feel like I have the most free time that I can have at this moment, because um, you really you really got to devote time to it. Um, that is one thing that I'm a little bit worried about having enough time to to focus on something like that. Because if I if I'm gonna do it, um, I want to do it right. I I, I want to you know give it the attention that it needs. I, I don't want to just give it a a half half-assed effort, uh, for lack of better words. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I think that's something we had talked to Agnel about as the the setup stuff and how important that is. Obviously, we would oh my God. have no clue because I know Nick was saying, you know, hey, maybe I'll give it a shot next year. I'll, I'll I'll do a lot more practice and give it a shot, but we only run fixed. And it's like, I know Nick's relationship with McConey Setup Shop can only go so far there. So Yeah, yeah they're not, they don't even know who I am. They're not giving me setups. I'll tell you that right now. They recreated uh, the tweets. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. It, it, it's all, You're right. You know, I think it always boils down to – Michael, the, the time aspect, obviously we're doing this for like two something hours a day um, a week. I mean, but you know, the time is, I think where Matt and I have struggled a little bit. Um, we want to put it, I mean, it's been really, fr it's not frustrating, but it's just kind of, it's almost like, um, you know, Matt and I have talked recently about like, what does the future look like for us? Just because we're not, you know, we're not going to be as good as you guys. I, Matt has two kids. I don't know if I, I, I just don't have the time either right now to be able to put it in the effort to get to the point where I could just, you know, do a dance in and hop on five minutes before and be competitive. This is not like that anymore. I, a year ago, you, the, some of the guys that were running um, like battling for the playoff spot are like outside the top 30 in points running all the races now. Like that's how much has changed just like in a year's time. So um, it really comes down to like, if you're not able to put in the time to, yeah, like you said, be competitive, how worth, it's not worth doing it all sometimes. Right. So yeah. Um, yeah. You know, but you're you're super solid. So I mean, I'm, you're fast every week. So I yeah. I feel like early very consistent. And we always talk about consistent. You're always yeah. up in the top ten. Like I think we could always we could always count on you being uh you know six to tenth at least, um, if not faster. So um, how does that feel? You know, you're 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 good every week. You're not leading a lot of laps. Is it rewarding? Does it ever get frustrating? Um, <laughs> it, it's uh well. It, it feels good uh, at first, but now I'm at the point where I'm. Uh, it, it, it's definitely more on the frustration yeah. side of things. It's been almost um, a year, right? That's what you yeah. got to be thinking. It's been almost a year. Yeah, it, it has been, and and it's uh, it, it's crazy. It, but it, it's it's humbling too. And and like I said, this is this league is no joke. Um, you have to be on your game the whole race. You really can't have a weakness. Um, and so. Um, it, it, it is good though, to be somebody that is consistent like that. Um, maybe like a Mark Martin or, or something yeah. you know, along those lines. Um, and I feel like too, you first, you know, you got to walk before you run, you got to put together consistent finishes weekend and week out, get yourself near the top five. If you can start doing that, you're going to set yourself up for wins. Um, cause you never know how some of these races can play out. Um, and so you know, that's something that I feel like last year I had down pat. I was able to get those top fives, no problem. Um, with this year, it's been definitely harder to do that. Um, but it's just you got to keep plugging away at it. And uh, uh, you can't, can't give up. You, can't, you know, as much as I want to win, you, 
at the same time, you got to look back and, and be like, hey, this league is so competitive for me to be able to do this. That's really good. Um, another thing that I pride myself on is incident points. I feel like I probably have one of the lowest incident uh, points in the league. Yeah, um, I need to rerun those numbers. I had them as of several weeks ago. Lowest. Um, he is the lowest. I'm looking at it right now. Oh, you are? Nice, nice. Yeah. And, and you know what? That, that goes back to um, you got to take care of your car. If you're, you know, hitting the wall lap after lap, you're, you're, you're abusing your equipment. You're not going to have all that you need to, to compete for the win. You, you got to be there for the end. Um, also, too, it's uh, very easy to get frustrated with other drivers, especially if they're fast um, and, and just how, how this league is being so competitive. Um, it's important. I think it's helped me. It's also hurt me, too. You got to really keep a cool head at times and you got to know when to give and, and, and to take. Um, I generally, I view myself as a driver that is going to take care of fellow drivers. I don't necessarily get the favor back, um, but early in a race, if I know that somebody's faster than me, um, I'll let them buy. And, and, and I want to be there at the end. Um, but I, I'm learning though, uh, you can't do that too much because it is so hard to get that track position back. And uh, yeah. you got to know when the right time to do that is. Yep. Yeah. I agree. So with that, with the last question, because I know we're going to talk about, we're going to have to talk about this, this Phoenix thing. We got to watch the good before we get to Phoenix. We got to relive some good stuff. So Nick, right. ask your question. We'll show some. Oh, well, this is good. Then. This is good. So what, uh, so uh, you mentioned you've run a lot of series. This is the hardest one. So if you, you've pretty much been on the cusp of a championship with us, I'm assuming you must have won some sort of championship. At some point. Uh, yes, uh, I'm really happy to say that uh, the last full season that Upper Edge uh, Racing League ran back in 2018, uh, I was able to win that championship. Okay. Um, I, I ran that league from 2015 through 2018. Okay. Um, some, there were some great – great drivers in that league um and it was definitely some some good drivers in there that were really competitive so to be able to get a championship in that league uh was excellent um my 2016 season in that league was definitely my best and unfortunately yeah. um i had one bad race uh, and it was in a playoff round and that and that cost me uh being able to compete for a championship which ah. really stung at the time and uh getting that championship back in 2018 was definitely some redemption. Um, so I, I, I'm just happy I was able to do that. Yeah. Okay. Well, good. So yes, there was a good there. I was like, I figured there had to be a championship thrown in there somewhere. So. Yeah. Before we talk about the non-championship in RSR, we got Yeah. yeah. There you go. Get a good championship many, in there. Do you know how many, do you, do you keep track of your wins? Like how many league race wins you have and all that? Oh gosh. Um, Man, not close enough to be honest. Um, yeah, yeah. I, you got, you've got 20, 28 on now Sim Racer Hub, and I don't think that has everything because I see, you know, there's a gap from twenty nineteen to or twenty eighteen to like twenty sixteen. So I assume okay. Upper Edge maybe isn't even in here where you won the championships. So um, probably many more than that. Um, maybe maybe in the thirties around there, I'll say. Um, I, one thing though, that I'm, I'm, it's, it's kind of cool to look back on is, um, 
Uh, when I first started with iRacing, again, how I mentioned, I, I was running the can and car a lot. Yeah. Well, one thing I did was I ran um, a, a full season of that, um, official races, uh, the 12 weeks. And um, I was able to win a couple Division One championships. Division One, wow. Yep. Yeah, that that's something that I now looking back, it's it's really cool to be able to to say I can do that. Way harder to do nowadays because it is unbelievable since when I joined back in 2013 to where iRacing is now. There's so much more people on the service, um, people that devote way more time to this than back then yeah. too. Just every aspect has gotten so much more um just competitive and uh just just more intense so um to be able to do that nowadays it, it takes just an extra step of uh devotion and, and and just learning things and whatnot so um for anybody that's able to, to win those division one championships in any of these series it's no joke yeah, Nick wasn't a Division One winner, but he was the rookie. rookie champion for the Xfinity Series. I think uh, season four last year. Yeah. Was it season three? So, yeah, season four. It was that's, season four. That's yeah. awesome. It was. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. And it, you know, the crazy thing was, I was starting in I, I, the the thing that like I won, and I was not qualifying for some reason. I never qualified when in season four. I just felt like I was trying not to get in an accident and would work my way up. And I don't know why I was doing that. No, you were, yeah. So you were doing that um, because I was in RSR as of, I think it was like mid season last year. And I think you had thought you needed to get up to an A license in order to get into RSR to run the cup cars. And so you were trying to get your license up. Um, and then, you know, when we reached out to Evan with like five races left, he's like, well, you know, registration's closed in the fall. Or, you know, in the playoffs, you'll have to wait till winter series. So I think that's why you were doing it. But it is funny how racing clean and just like Michael, you having the low incident rate seems to lead to good finishes. So maybe a note for everyone. And everybody's kind of taking that note in the sense that we've been a lot cleaner the last few races. So, yeah. So with that, let's talk about some of the good for you, Michael, and RSR. Uh, race number four, you were the rookie who got your first win. Uh, let's, let's go ahead and watch that one. All right. Oh, wow. Is that Homestead? Yep. Homestead. Is there volume on this map? Four wide yeah, right. back in the back. I've got some questions. <laughs> and she tried to estimate where oh, the wow. ride was going to go. And that reaction forced Which the tire spin. They're four um, wide in the heart been... of the pack. First so far, place, so good. The, uh, they can hold it. They're pushing now. Oh, Three wide down the back straight away. Like couple of cars in the middle. A big line moving on the outside. And some just, fresh tire so cars want to get through. They are uh, really up the above the wall. But uh, Michael Lariah, daylight at a four. Um, He'll take the white flag. Just got to keep it clean. His teammate has also showed good short run speed, but he's stuck in that fight for second. Lariah's in a picture perfect spot to get his. First one of the year. Oh, yeah. Ever hires, or I'd have a buffer. B5, three wide now in a fight for third, but it is all Michael Lariah as they fan out behind, who came into tonight as the points leader and is going to get his first win of the 2020 wow. Full Throttle Cup Series. Homestead belongs to Michael Lariah, rocking behind. Here we go. Pace. Oh, 
Yeah, sorry, I didn't have the the audio going for us initially on the on the call. So that was your first Evan call, your your first uh your first audio trophy that you got. Yes. Uh, I gotta imagine you were pretty proud of that one. Oh, that that was that was big. Um, to be able to win that early uh, in the season, just being able to pretty much lock myself in to the playoffs that was huge. Uh, but to be able to come off the bat in in a new league for me um, as a rookie to win that early was really special. And then um, to do it against the guys that I did it against in, in, in that race, um, I know uh, Malik Ray, he was in there, and uh, he was really quick that race. Yeah. Um, I just remember it came down to – uh, a few late race restarts and I was doing all I could and, and just thinking things over scenarios. Like what do I need to do to get a big enough jump on these restarts and um, just execute on my end? Because I knew with me being on old tires, I had to have clean air to make that strategy work. And I had to have a big enough jump and a big enough gap um, between the cars behind me to give myself a chance before those fresh tires were going to catch me at the end. All of those years of being a Jeff Gordon fan and learning what not to do on restarts. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, uh, it was like, Oh my gosh, I, I, I can't have any Jeff Gordon restarts there. Um, it's our favorite phrase. Oh yeah. <laughs> How many times can you be heartbroken from a Jeff Gordon restart? I, I can, I can, I can, uh, memory. you know, though he had the one good one, um, in the Brickyard 400. Yes. I was lucky to be at that race. And I was like, this is the one time he had a good restart. Uh, maybe in his whole, maybe his last 10 years of racing. Oh, uh, uh, you know what? The other one was that Homestead restart where he took the lead on a three line. So he had two good restarts in 10 years. And it's funny because you'll never forget him because of it. So, oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> no, uh, the, NASCAR.com, they'll run the highlights of those restarts because they're so few and far between. They do. They oh, do. my gosh. But, they uh, do. <laughs> yeah, man, uh, that, that was uh, that was a, a special time back in uh, 2014 with what he was able to do that season. I know. That late in his career, um, so I know it's segueing a little bit, but yeah. with him, why I put him up there as one of the best is because um, you look at so many great drivers that competed in NASCAR, he was one of the few that had a really good career from the beginning to the very end. Um, so many greats, um, and, and some of my other favorites, like Bobby Labonte, Bill Jarrett. Fortunately, they, they had bad, bad endings. Jimmy Johnson, who would have thought yeah. he would have right. been winless, you know, his last three years. Um, so for, you know, Jeff to be in the hunt as long as he, he was, it's, it's pretty special. We, uh, I think we took it for granted at that time. Right, we that's did. the one. 2015. 2015 was an average year. Yeah, it kind of seemed to be the year from then on to like today. I feel like everything changed almost kind of like where everyone like starting in 15. However, your car was was pretty much how you ran at every single track almost. It doesn't, and it's been like that since. Where I felt like before 2015, like like uh, I don't. This might be well. I don't. Michael, how, you're you're younger than us, I think. Right, so you're, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we were 31, but like back in the day, like Ken Schrader could take the 49 BAM car and go to a short track and run in the top 10 or the 21. Like that doesn't really, you can't do that today. 
Like no. that car, that car runs 25th. Maybe he gets it up to like 23rd. Um, and you know, I feel like since 15, it's really been a lot of like guys will pretty much run the same, no matter what track they're at. It's just, I don't know. I noticed the change and it's just, um, but anyway, I digress. Um, 2015 seemed to be the first year of that. So I felt like Jeff was just fine, even though he threw away like four wins that year. I yeah. think it was one of them. They turned 500. He, he, he didn't throw it away, but he led like half the race. At least he had like kind of a shot. Talladega, I don't, I don't even know how much you remember, but he got that. The, we were at that race. He pitted on, the, on his last pit stop, and the caution came out while he was in pit row, so he was going to be in the lead, and he got a speeding penalty while I did that. Uh, Martinsville, Martinsville won, last caution. He should have won the spring race. Everybody yep. sees the forest. He, the spring race was won, and he got a speeding penalty there. It's like, it, there's some frustrating. It was some, there was some frustrating years because it looked like he only had one win, but he probably had three or four locked up. But and, I, and, yeah. At the same time, all that all that losing and uh, Michael, yes. not to say you're losing, but after a year of not winning, I think uh, you know you getting a win probably in the near future. It's going to feel a little bit sweeter, knowing it's a little harder to get. You know, you've gone through a lot over the last year. I know whenever I do something good. It's been so long since I've done something good. It will feel extra good when I do something good. Uh, same with Jeff's win, right? So it's like, you know, all the bad moments led up to that, you know, one of the most historic moments in, in NASCAR history with the win at Martinsville, which Nick, you were at. So uh, at the end of the day, I think you're okay in that. And that, that one win was probably bigger than, you know, if he had won earlier in the year, and then he wins at Martinsville. It's not as big because you're at that point where you're like, did we yeah, see right. Jeff's last win already? Yeah, we and we didn't know about it. And he's not going to win in his last season. And for him yeah. to do it with what? There had to be like three races left at that point. Yeah. You know, that. it's actually when there's the extra pressure and doubt and uh, tough times. And I'm a Houston Texans fan in football. I tell myself now that they're awful again. You know, 50 years down the road, when I've been a fan from day one in 2002, it'll be extra sweet when they win. I mean, the same is the case, I feel like, with Jess wins at, win at Martinsville. So, And it was almost – it's almost kind of like now, like, I think we expected all these people to retire and have, like, go out, like, near the top. And none of them, honestly, other than Carl Edwards, who just quit <laughs> – uh, yeah. Well before he should have. Tony, right? other awesome. examples you didn't bring up. Tony, uh, Matt yeah. Kenseth, right? So Matt Kenseth, yeah, yeah, all went straight to you know their last few years were honestly. All well, we're not we're excluding Jeff's year in the '88, right? That never happened. Well, honestly, you know, people are going to criticize maybe a little bit that, but he actually most of that time he was in the '88 when they were struggling like really bad that year, and he was the only one finishing in like the top ten. Are getting like he would run better than all four of them and just not be able to finish it. Um, so I don't, I don't know how much people remember, but he did get two top tens to finish it off. So um, he he actually wasn't that bad. But um, but yeah, they haven't really. Uh, nobody else has really even gotten close. So I feel like yeah. that should be uh, Michael. What you were saying, like the length of time. Like the, I feel like um, the only one, like I think Kevin Harvick is probably having one of his best seasons ever, but it looks awful because the Stewart House cars are pretty bad, but. Yeah. He's running like he's running. He's 45. People think he's old. He's actually like pretty old and he's still doing like a really solid job. So um, he's the only one that's even kind of kept it, I feel like, in that older age recently, other than Mark Martin, like you mentioned earlier. But I don't even know if that counts. That's just an anomaly. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's crazy to think back. Um, it, it's something I miss, to be honest. Like, you, you had all these guys that would race into their 50s. I thought yeah. that was pretty cool. You, you just don't see that 
really today. Um, I, I think it's not necessarily, um, you know, people want to stop racing. I, I think it's just more of the whole, um, you know, limit with, with number of drivers per team and uh, maybe corporate influence as well. Maybe they want a younger face to represent their sponsor. Um, but, yeah, I mean, guys like Kevin Harvick or, uh, you know, Kurt Busch, I mean, good for them. Keep going. Uh, I'm, yeah. I'm definitely not, like, a big Harvick or Bush fan by any means, but, hey, I'll give anybody respect that's, that's still racing, you know, at this day and age into their mid-40s and beyond. Um, yeah. That's cool. And we need guys like that in the sport. It's cool having, you know, veteran drivers like that. Um, if they're all, you know, really 20-year-olds, yeah. I don't know. It's just they it don't have those personalities. It's, it's not yeah. the same. I do agree. There's been a little bit of a lack of that, but I also, so you were, I think like, you know, we've been pretty fortunate. I guess I am that this league seems to be filled with Jeff Gordon fans. I don't know how it happened. Um, The Dale jr. The Jeff Gordon, the Dale jr. Fan ratio is almost flipped in this, in this series than it is in real life. Um, But it's gotta be like more than half are Jeff Gordon fans. So what, like, what is your, like, who do you cheer for now? What's your, or like for me, honestly, I, I don't really have a favorite anymore. I, there's some guys I like, but it's not anything like it used to be. So, oh man, uh, to be honest, I I'm still trying to find my driver. Yeah. It is so I don't know it if it ever happen. Michael, but... I don't think it's ever gonna happen for us. I, I don't <laughs> think it is. I, and and you know the thing is, I I've I've been watching NASCAR like religiously since 2002. So okay. I mean. It, yeah. yeah, just, you know, you're, you grow up rooting for one driver for that length of yeah. time. It's really hard. But um, I, I'll definitely throw out some drivers that I like seeing yeah. run well or, or yeah. like when they win. Um, I, I definitely, Kyle Larson, yeah. um, I think, like every, you hear a lot now, uh, one of the most talented drivers out there. It's ridiculous yeah. what he's able to do. Um, I, I, he's, he's definitely good. Um, I also like, uh, Matt Benedetto. I really want to see him do well. Uh, he, he's such a likable guy. Um, very down to earth. Um, I really want to see him do good. I want to see him find a good ride some, somewhere. Um, I also got to say, oh boy. Um, I, I mean, I'm a Hendrick, I'm a Hendrick yeah. fan. So the Hendrick drivers are doing good. Yeah. I we like, like that. that. Hey, Jeff Gordon that kind of runs the show now, so he will. So I guess yeah. that's that's our that's our thing now, right? So. Yeah. Um. Gosh. Like I, I like Chase Elliott. I I do. He just he's, you know, and I, I I'm gonna say like he had a lot. Like he's had uh, when he wants to have personality, he certainly can. But I feel like this past weekend. So I like that. But sometimes he's just a boring old uh, dirty towel and just like a wet noodle, <laughs> a wet noodle. It's just a big old wet noodle sometimes. Yeah. But um, he's getting better. Sometimes he'll show it randomly. Like when he won the championship and I'm like, this is nice. Like I could like this or like what he did this, this past weekend, um, which is super fascinating. So, but I do like, I like the Hendrick guys. I really like Tyler Reddick as well. Um, oh, I gotta say, uh, so I think I, I caught, um, uh, the podcast where Matt, you mentioned you're a big Eric Almarola fan. Yeah, I'm wearing the shirt right now. Yeah, I that's that's somebody else that I root for. Um, oh, awesome! I think you're about to say something so, negative. I was yeah, so okay. happy to see him win that New Hampshire race. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I, he he drove the wheels off of that car that race. That that was impressive to see. He, I mean, he's had a rough season. I, 
I didn't it think does, he was honestly, able God, to it does, I mean, with if you look at Eric's career, right? And I think you like if Nick and I like finished like last every freaking race in RSR, but we had one yeah. win. Like Nick, you won the clash. Like, I don't know, Michael, yeah. if you know that Nick won the clash, but <laughs> he won the clash this year. I don't think he was in it. Uh, yeah. And uh and so I mean that one moment trumps like whatever else happened in the season, right? So for Eric, like I know Nick, Nick was at the race at Bristol. We were texting back and forth. It's like, man, I'm really sorry because Eric was up by like 16 points, and then he, he he did Eric, him and his team did Eric things, and they you know obviously missed the the cut. And it was like he's not going to win the championship, and he had that win in New Hampshire, and that moment's going to be better than what finishing 10th three straight races and making it to the next round and getting eliminated in the round of 12. Right. So, um, it didn't matter. I mean, that, that, that moment at New Hampshire is pretty great. So I'm, I'm happy. He did what he needed to do this year as far as good, you know, proving himself as a competitor, you know, a few years ago when he had won at Talladega, he finished fifth in the points. Right. So, um, he's proven himself in that sense. Uh, you know, I just want wins at this point. And so I appreciate a guy like AJ Allmendinger in the Xfinity series. Just like, just want to win. I don't care. Right. Um, those, those moments are cool. I think AJ's an underrated driver. Yeah, um, I think if you took him and he was in Hendrick equipment, Gibbs equipment, I mean, he'd be the next star. I mean, what he's doing right now in the Xfinity series, I think for him, um, he's like reinvented himself. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's now has that experience where he's been winning on tracks other than road courses. That that definitely helps. Um, but you know, you saw what he did back in uh, 2014 at, at Watkins Glen. That should have been a Jeff Gordon win, though. But uh, yeah, it should have been stupid a stupid equipment failure. Yeah, but uh, and was had the race won. <laughs> I love that. So funny that you remember that. Like that race was uh, it was over. And, yeah. uh, Jeff just dominated and had the best car by a mile, and of course didn't get it done because. But hey, for him, you know, to, uh, to get a win in the that. for him no. to get a win in the top series, um, and you know, just okay equipment, you know, that says a lot about his uh, his ability. So, um, I'm not sure if he has aspirations to run like a full time Cup season again. I think he's pretty content with where he's at. Um, but I would certainly like him. I'd like to see him do it again, especially um, with colleague. I mean, it's it looks like they really have their act together and they've, they've figured things out with, with equipment. Yeah. That's funny. It's funny. You just now, now I'm going to have that Watkins Glen race stuck in my mind. I uh, another yeah, one I, that got away. Yeah. Uh, Nick does not forget he, things either. It's funny. He won, he won, yeah. He won 93. Realistically, he probably could have won between 110 and 120. Oh, easy. The career things. Like easy. this is, yeah. Like I hate to be that guy, but like, man, he just, Oh my God. He, yeah. So many races. Ever since you showed up, Michael, in 02, there was a lot of, he just, it was just, he just threw away these races. And they're like, they were all comical ways. Like it was one year he missed, uh, 2010, he probably blew like six wins and then somehow went winless. I can't, you're God. Yeah. Uh, 2004, 2007, and 2014 playoffs were three championships just thrown out the window. Yeah. Uh, um, man, he was so good. Anyway, okay. Uh, PTSD. I, that's my, PTSD, I think <laughs> my, my biggest PTSD is 07 because that was like yeah. one of the best seasons ever uh, in, in NASCAR history. I and mean, he did it with a championship. Um, man, okay, anyway. But um, and, oh, and 14 was just a just a big old joke. So yeah. that was the whole thing. 
<laughs> just the, the last four races were an LOL. <laughs> That's basically what it was. Yeah. <laughs> and he was, he should have won. You know, the, the sad thing about that is that he should have made it to Homestead and then he should have won Homestead. He had the best car there too and won the pole. And then like with 10 to go, just came in and pitted from the lead. And just like, he, you remember, like, it was just like, what are you, are you just, are you giving, are you just, are you any, not that I, I remember too much. He restarted 27th with 10 laps to go and somehow still finished 10th. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, 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 I'm convinced he, he got orders either from that's what I, Rick, Rick I, Hendrick, Allen or NASCAR itself. Just get out yeah. of the way. Yeah. That's and, what uh, I, and get out of the way and let these guys race. Cause it's funny. Cause the championship, the champion pretty much, well, they have one every year, this format that like Jeff, that year's car was the maybe the one besides when Kyle Larson will throw it in the wall every homestead race. Yeah. Like he would always, he would always choke, but Jeff had the best car. Nobody was beating him. And that was just the way it was that, that, that day was just, nobody was going to do it. And then he just pulled, I was, I was so mad. That was just like the gut punch of gut punches. You know, that, that was, that yeah. was. Then does, if he wins that race, do you, I mean, do you feel even worse about, you know, what happened? Yeah. I, did. I remember he won the poll and I texted Matt and I was like, of course he won. Of course, it's like I remember multiple times I'd go to commercial and be like, there's the top five to be like Jeff and then the four championship guys. And they're just like a straightaway back. It was just a, that was one of the most dominant cars he's had. It's more dominant than any of the wins he had that year. It was just, I can't. Okay, I'm over it yep. again. <laughs> but but uh, and it's funny, the one thing I will say, and I'm going to end it like it is, I, I was telling my friend because we, we went to Bristol on Saturday. It's like, you know, I miss, uh, I definitely miss uh, when he was running well uh, because that was always so much, like so much fun. But I got to tell you, sometimes I do not miss like all of these PTSD moments because there were plenty of them. So, you know, like when you, or like when you go to a race or even when you're watching a race, I remember some of these cutoff races, like in 15, uh, I would, the Chicago race. Do you remember, I don't know if you remember that Chicago race in the last year, we were at that race. I cried in the grandstands. I was so upset. Because I thought oh. like it was his chance to win, and I was like, he's not gonna win now. There's pictures of me crying. That's how upset I was. Oh my gosh! It was uh, like I don't not miss the that, those feelings and all of that. Oh, the restart. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was um, I was at uh, I was at Bristol in 2015 when he me? had a car at the end yeah, that could have won that race. Which one? Yeah, the, 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 uh, the the fall, the night race, and I, I guess he had, he was in the had, second place. He's up the second place, and he had a uh, loose wheel or a flat loose tire. Wheel. Yep. Yeah, from second. Oh. It, and it was, he was so average that race, and then they fixed the car, and then he drove up to the front, and I was like, worst case, he's getting a top three. And he kind of needed the points because he was not even a lock to make the playoffs at that point. No. Like, of course, there's the 20th place finish that I drove 10 hours for to see. So at least the car looked pretty because uh, <laughs> it was the rainbow car that race. That, that was one good thing, but yeah, oh, yeah. man. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I remember that too. This is why I like sometimes doing this because, like, I if I tell anybody outside of this, like, these walls of the podcast, they'd be like, I have no clue what you're talking about. So, I was somebody else that relates to the struggle. Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. Yeah. But we love Jeff Gordon. I think he, I actually, the, the the sad thing about it is the farther we get from his driving, the more underrated I feel like he's becoming. Like, do we all really, do we forget, like, how good he was? Even, even in the last, you know, after since he won his his championship, he was still the, the like if you look at all the stats, the second best driver pretty much of the modern era. Everything but wins. Like he was pretty much matched Jimmy with top fives, top tens. He had the most polls other than Ryan Newman. 
he just he didn't win. He just he couldn't convert to a lot of more wins, which is yeah, you know, yeah. That was the one thing that killed him. But he he was just as good. I felt like the last part it just it didn't transfer. So okay, now we're done with Jeff Gordon talk. But he was amazing and he was so good. So <laughs> so we, we should you guys are talking about Bristol. We should talk about converting for wins. And yes. if we look at Bristol. This last weekend was very similar to the RSR race 2020 that Michael you had won. I watched this replay and I was like, "Wow, that was a great race!" Uh, so we'll we'll play it now with uh, with audio and all. Hopefully, uh, hopefully the audio is working. I am not. What is up, guys? My name is Brandon, bringing you another Bowie's top five. I didn't, I guess I didn't fix it. I'll, I'll manually change it. Oh no. No, 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 I got it. By, they you, are bearing down on a are you, just, are you the red of my car again? Uh, I'm going to be in a uh, blue uh, car with some neon numbers. Oh, no, I didn't get the audio. And they're going to need to get through this quickly and yeah, quickly yeah, here. If they get held up at all, especially Lariah, that's going to cost them. Shout out to my uh, painter, uh, Corey Blevins. He was on this car for the race, Blevins Designs. There's nowhere to go. They're too wide. Ferninos to the Are you in first ring? Yeah, we're going right through the middle there. We got, uh, yeah, we got lap traffic, last lap. Uh, Daniel is right on my bumper. going to squeeze through and hang on. And Michael Lariah wins. Were you good? Were you like, how did this? Oh my Steve Durham. To go this time by. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. I was like, that's hilarious. There was always going to be a speaker. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh man. So you had two wins last year. That's sick. No, he had three wins. He won at Kansas. Three, no. three yeah. wins. Yep. Oh my God. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We Kansas was less exciting. So. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. That. Yeah, that was. Um, that just a the, dominating performance. Is that what that was? <laughs> uh, well, strategy was big on that. On that yeah. one. Um. But yeah, that that Bristol race though, um, I if I recall, I think what it's what set it up was um, there was a caution and we had maybe about thirty laps to go or so, um, and I think Agnell he was leading at the time. He was really he fast. Last week, yeah, he said last week he had a shot at this race. I think it was this race. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He was he was definitely in contention for the win, but I think something happened to him or. Um, uh, yeah, but he got shuffled back, I believe, and uh, I ended up staying out because I knew I had the pace. I just needed the, the track position and to control the race and just give myself a shot. And um, luckily, it, it worked out. But man, it was that was probably one of my hardest wins that I've I've, I've ever fought for. Um, my main goal was get right to the top, protect the top. Don't make any mistakes. You can't overdrive the entry to the corner. You can't hit the wall. Daniel is right on me, and I had to hold him off for for a good 20, 30 laps or so. And uh, man, was I holding my breath. It, it was it was hard. Um, Daniel's the one you know. He'll he'll move you for the win. He wants to win. Um, oh with, yeah. As a fan, you want that. As a driver, you respect that. Uh, as someone who's leading with that guy behind you, you're like, don't mess up or he's gonna be all over you. Oh, definitely. And yeah. uh, you can see it there coming down to the last corner. Um, oh, yeah, he drove he it in. Yeah. Right there. And the lap traffic was insane. Um, he he raced me really hard, but very clean. I give him credit. He could have pushed the issue a lot more there. Um, 
I think if he did, though, we'd probably both be wrecked because uh, yeah. there were so many cars around us. Um, but man, that that was uh, that was a huge win. That was like a a, a huge confidence booster because I had to be on my game for so many laps on older tires and and do my part to to hang on to that lead. So um, that that was huge for me. The other thing too that made it really special um, was. Uh, my grandfather, he passed away that day earlier oh, in the afternoon. And uh, I found out before the race and I'm like, holy cow, this, this is, this is awful. But you know yeah. what? It was weird. I had this feeling I'm going to win this race and it happened. So I love that. I, I don't know. It, it's just one of those moments. It makes you wonder. Um, I know if uh, you ever talked to Joseph Tice, uh, we had one of the, one of those moments too. Uh, he did a few years back when we were still running Upper Edge, where um, his grandfather passed away. Yeah. And uh, we were doing a race at Vegas, and we had one of the toughest battles between the two of us ever. It was unbelievable. I was leading a good chunk of that battle. He had insanely good long run speed though, and I think he got he got around me with like ten to go. And uh, I wanted to win, but you know, I I told him, hey, it was meant to be, and uh, it was that was definitely a race I'll never forget too. Wow, it's amazing that. how things like that work. So you know, after after you win the race, are you overcome with emotion a little bit? Oh yeah, it it was like it, it was like it was just something else that that it, that it happened like that. But it was just like this this sense like i knew i'm gonna win this race and it, it, it's just weird when the moments like that happen. i gotta imagine after you win like that timing almost feels like it's it's not a coincidence right no like, it no feels I, like it happened for a reason i would imagine you almost have goosebumps after something like that happens it's like yeah oh i have yeah, no it, it that that race i mean it wasn't a fluke i i ran really well the whole time and i had to hold off daniel for 20 plus yeah. laps on older tires. I mean, I, I, it took every ounce of my focus to win that race and it happened. So I, I don't know. It, it, was, yeah. it was just meant to be. That's, that is really cool that you had that, had that moment. I can only imagine cause I can't win races, but um, you know, it's big enough to win to have that extra, that extra pressure to make that happen. That's uh, that, that's awesome. Uh, and uh, obviously, uh, uh, you know, sorry for your loss. Um, so thank you. Um, we were happy for the win. We were oh happy yeah, that you won. Not yeah, Sam is giving some crap in the chat. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Smiling. oh boy! I was like, I love, I love that. I love that you won the race. That's what we love. I gotta uh. go back and watch that part. I had to go back and rewatch that part. Sorry at the time. I think it was pretty clear. He's just giving you crap. It was pretty clear oh, that okay, you know, okay, we okay, love the win and that, that you were able to do that in honor of your grandfather. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Oh that. my gosh. Yeah. Uh, I, th I think is I think Sam is itching at the bit. There's something about a Phoenix race. That yeah, happened. I think we're there now. I think we got through the wins. Um, obviously we had. We had Steve Durham on earlier this year. I think it was our most watched episode because it was probably our most controversial where, uh, you know, dancing. And I guess we, we pitched in a little bit, kind of, kind of poked this, uh, you know, that was not me. That was not me. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> and, you know, and then we had drew on, I think a few weeks after that, who 
you know, I guess gave his thoughts. Obviously, we we haven't had the opportunity to speak to you other than I guess me sending that thirty for thirty video to you. Um, so, I guess that was a day, right? So, I guess why why don't we like talk about the whole weekend? You're you're coming up to a championship four battle. Obviously, you you talked about how big RSR is. So, what are your thoughts going into the weekend? You've got some heavy hitters. Uh, Dylan and you know all three of those drivers are in Road to Pro right now. They're in top five, top thirty-five, top half of that field for the qualifier. So obviously, you know they're they're there for a reason. You're the rookie at this point. You've got three wins though. Obviously, you've proven yourself. I guess what is your mindset? You have nerves. How are you practicing before you get into the race? What are your expectations when you come into Phoenix? Uh, well. Going into that race, um, just based on experience that I've had um, in my previous leagues running Phoenix, um, it was a track that I initially struggled at. Um, I couldn't find that that speed that I needed to be in the top five and compete for wins. Um, and so it, it was a place that I've really had to work hard at over the years. Um, I think there was one practice session, though, that I did with Grant. Um, actually a few few years ago and ever since I did that something just clicked and it's really helped me out and so going into the race last year um, I knew that I, I had a pretty good shot at at, at the championship I, I knew I was going to definitely be in that top five but am I going to have that winning speed that I'm likely going to need to have because of who I'm going up against um, so I just remember um, I spent a good number of, of days practicing uh, leading up to that race and just, um, you know, working on the long run speed and anything that I could to help me find a little bit of an edge. Um, and so I, I just knew going in, I, uh, I didn't want to beat myself. I didn't want to do something stupid to blow my chances for that race. And uh, that that race was probably one of the best I felt like personally that I've, I, I executed as far as strategy. Um, and, and I give credit to my teammates too, for, um, chiming in like, Hey guys, uh, I'm running, you know, this position right now. What do you think I should do? And, um, that was definitely a big help, but I just felt really good about where I was at. I'm like, man, I, I, I got a shot at this thing and I'm right yeah. there. Um, I remember, uh, it was myself, Andrew, uh, Dylan for some time, and 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 uh, Daniel. I mean, we were one through four, and uh, there was a point in the run too where I remember um, myself, Daniel, and Andrew. I mean, we were right on each other, lap after lap, and we were so evenly matched on speed. It was ridiculous. It's it was whoever got the lead was going to control the race unless they made a little bit of a mistake. But you know somebody like Drew or, or Daniel, they're not going to really make those mistakes. So, um, you know, it, it was going to be really tough. And I remember I got to a point in that race where um, I was running third right behind them. And I'm like, I came over the, the team radio. I'm like, man, I, I'm not, I'm, I'm right there, but I don't, I don't have enough speed to pass these guys. Um, and they're not making a mistake. So I'm kind of stuck here. Do I just, do I settle for third, but I'm not going to win the championship? Or do I make something happen and take a gamble? And so it played out where uh, we got a caution 
at, at, at the perfect time um, where we were going to be good on fuel. Um, there was enough laps where um, taking tires, it would give me some time to work my way through the field um, and make something happen. And, and it played out that way. Um, Daniel and Andrew, they ended up staying out. Um, and I took the gamble and I pitted. And I pitted with you. It was the right call. It, it was definitely the right call. And, and yeah. myself and Grant, we, we did the same strategy. It was unbelievable how quick we got up through the field. And I, I got right up to Andrew, who was leading, and then I passed him, and I, and I was gone. Um, it came down to about seven laps to go. I'm like, man, I'm sitting good here. There's always there's always that knot in your stomach. When's the caution going to yeah. come? But When's you're also thinking you're probably. I mean, maybe you're good at stopping yourself, but I gotta imagine you're like, I am seven laps from a championship, right? You're maybe starting to think about it. You've got the race controlled by a mile, or the caution just doesn't come out. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, it's like, oh man, it. We've ran a full season. It's coming down to this. It's, yeah. it's like it's right there, um, and caution came out and I, I knew right when that caution came out I'm done because yeah. um, at that point that was my last set of tires that I used and uh, Daniel and Andrew they had that one in the bank and uh, that that was it for me um, it it wasn't like I was I was disappointed at the time that that happened but I didn't know the circumstance that brought out that caution while I was racing so I'm like, you know what, man, I, I, just, I just caught a bad break here, and, and it happens. Um, but it wasn't until I heard some chatter on the radio, like, you know what, there's, there's something more to this caution than, yeah. than, I, than I thought. And uh, race ends, hit escape, look at the replay, and uh, I see what happens, and I'm like, you've you got to be kidding me. What, what, what is this? Um, I, I listened to the broadcast and I heard Evan and uh, Dylan and then, and they were beside themselves. They didn't know what to say on the, on the broadcast. Um, I, I just couldn't believe it. Um, my thoughts were uh, Steve, I, I, he seems like a really nice guy. Um, I seems like he he's a very friendly person. Um, I don't hold anything against him um, in that regard. Um, but at the time, man, I was like, you know, what, what's going on here? What are you doing? Um, you're 47 laps down. We've ran a full season. Your car's damaged. It's for a championship. Um, there, there's no excuse for you to go into turn one and, and, and wreck like that. Um, so I, I, I couldn't believe it. Um, other people have, you know, at this point, everybody knows what happened. They've seen they've seen the replays. They know the story. Um, it it's just a bummer that it had to happen that way. Um, I it it sucks. Um, I, I I don't know what else to say about it. it, it it's just yeah. one of those things. It's it kind of it, it it's probably what like Carl Edwards felt a little bit in a yeah. way. Yeah. Um, that's that's the best way I could describe it. Um, you know just a stupid caution and then and then circumstances happen and you lose the championship um but moving on like i said uh he came back like seems like a great guy um he to his credit this year he's 
he really hasn't caused any issues. Um, he hasn't been in the last few races, but yes, he he I, I mean when he's he stopped running the last few races, he was actually starting to run better. I had told him this. I was like, Steve. I mean, he got a new job, so that's why he hasn't been a part of the races. But I was like, Steve, you were finally starting to run like half solid. I think he had two top twenties before he stepped away for you know four or five races here. But um, yeah, I guess I guess and to, to stay on Phoenix for a little bit. Did you reach out to Steve afterwards and talk to him? Is that a conversation you felt like having, or you just want to get that behind you as soon as possible? Um, to be honest, if so, at the time, uh, I don't know what I would have said. To be honest, like, I, 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 you know, part of me was like, I'm incredibly frustrated. I want to chew you out. Um, at the same time, though, I'm like, you know, it. it it's not going to do me any good. It's not going to win. It's not going to get me a, a championship yeah. back. So it's like, Hey, yeah. um, so I tried to channel my inner Jimmy Johnson, you know, like <laughs> just buckle down and just, Hey, it's racing. You know, it's, it stuff, stuff happens. It's just, you just, you hope circumstances like that don't happen though. Unfortunately yeah. it did. Um, yeah, I, I, at the time, I would not have anything good to say to him. So I kind of just, I just let it be. Um, and I think that's the best, best way to, to move about it. Um, yeah. If, if you say you want to talk to me right now, I say like, man, I, I just don't understand what happened. Um, it looks ridiculous on the replay. Um, but yeah. I, you know, to, to his credit though, I'll say he's, he's been way better this year. And uh, I know he mentioned, you know, stuff with his equipment, um, which I'm trying to give you some leeway. Like, yeah, I get it. Yeah. But you're 47 laps down. Yeah. Less than 10 laps ago. It's just like, man, there's a lot going against you here. So I, I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to be nice about it. I think I think a lot of I, myself included. So I was one of the cars who pitted. Uh, and I had driven from, I think it was like 22nd to seventh on that restart. And I was behind Daniel and I just sat behind him. I was like, Daniel's running for a championship. Seventh was my second best finish. I guess till today, still my second best finish in RSR. I had a fourth place at Talladega last year. Uh, and I was like, I still was like, I'm not going to push this any further. Right. What's the point? You know, Daniel's running for a championship. Not gonna make things difficult on him. There's there's bigger picture here, right? And that's running for seven. And I would hope a lot of the field feels like that coming up to Phoenix, um, especially after what happened last year. Nick, I know you made some comments in the chat like nobody wants to be the Steve Durham this year. If we're in a similar situation this year, uh, where there's that pit stop where you're, you know, in in contention to make it the rest of the way. Um, I think everybody's going to have that in the back of their mind. Maybe you play strategy to that. Um, if one, you make it to the final four, um, you know, for anyone who is going to make it to the final four, I think everybody should feel extra cautious about not being that person who causes the accident to disrupt anything that might happen in the, the championship race. Because at the same, you know, at that time, you know, what's one position where we've raced 30, 30 races to get to this point to, to crown a champion. So I got to imagine that's frustrating. Um, how, how long did that sit with you? 
Honestly, like I, I, you know, I, I have a bad race and it sits with me for a few races. This is a championship. Um, how, how long does that eat at you for? Ah, uh, man, that was, uh, that, that was, that was a hard week. <laughs> yeah. that, that was like, that was bad. Cause I, you know, I had my thoughts about it, but other people were saying, Hey, that, that was bad. So you had other chatter going on about it as well. Um, you know, I mean, it's still talked about even this year, almost a year later. So, I mean, uh, it's it's it it's something else. Um, I it's a good venting experience right now doing this. Um, yeah. I'm I'm pretty much over it though at this point. Um, but. Yeah, at the time it was like, man, like you're you're talking a full season against this this group of talent, and I'm right there, almost pulling off the strategy to win the championship. It's like, man, yeah. it, it's it, it's it's really something else. But no, hey, it could happen hey, again. Well, Hopefully, yeah. it doesn't. I I'll tell you, I just want to I just want to make it back to the final four. Yeah, that that's to me. If I can just get to the final four, it almost feel like winning a championship to me, uh, right off the bat. If I get to that that stage, so I can't, I'm kind of rooting for this redemption. Yeah, there needs oh, to be the redemption arc. You win in twenty. You win this year, twenty twenty one. Like you'll never sweat about twenty twenty again. You you've got that, the 20, you've got the RSR Cup, right? So that that would be that would be incredible. Um, it's going to be extre- extremely hard to do. But man, if I make it to that final four, I'm gonna do all I can to make it happen. Yeah. So I think the one thing we haven't touched on yet is power rankings. Sam, I know you're asking, and we had brought up that we might do it earlier. I think we're gonna run out of time, um, but maybe something we'll do. Maybe not for the round of twelve, but for the round of eight later. Um, but let's get let's get the power rankings. Mike. We can do both. We can just go through the power rankings pretty quickly. I'd like to do that. I'd like to do it because I was I was looking earlier and it's it's gonna be tough to predict what happens. So, uh, so was, okay, okay. So yeah, let's go through. The, maybe I'll just rip the bandaid on the power rankings. We'll just, yeah, let's we'll rip the bandaid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, we don't need to build it up. I don't think there's gonna be a ton of surprises here. Um, Michael, you actually fell Michael's off the top, right? What's that? Where do you think you are, Michael? Where do you? Oh know? no, Michael You're fell done. off last. So Michael fell off last week. You're you back on fix this here. week. Where do you think you are, Michael? Oh man. Uh, well, yeah, I know I had a, uh, some bad races before um, the, this uh, round of uh, the playoffs, which definitely hurt me. Um, but I would say after these these few races, um, I should be back on that top ten list. Um, I think where I'd put myself right now. Oh man, probably like seventh. I'm gonna say okay. around there. I was gonna say, say sixth. So yeah, might as well yeah, put me sixth. Six the only one who loses here is me if I don't have your guesses right. So I feel like I have some justifications coming here. <laughs> so not ninth place. Okay. So pretty close. Yeah. So uh, big changes here. I mean, Daniel again, second and third the last two races. So he was suspended for the race. He jumped six spots with a second and a third. He's, yeah, finished seventh. I didn't say I lose two spots. 
Yeah, I mean that that's that that is that was what was so frustrating about these power rankings and putting these together. So you look at I can talk through them, you know, from the top. So Andrew, I mean, no brainer, right? And the the penalty at the end, I'm not gonna penalize him for that and drop him any spots. He could have easily won three in a row. Daniel finishing second and third. Agnel won this week. De Blasio uh, last, uh, you know, finished second, right? And had uh, finished 11th and 10th the last two races before that. Danson after the suspension, third and eighth the last two races. Brandon had all those wins over the summer. Yes, he's on a little bit of a cold spell right now. So obviously he lost some spots. Uh, Nick Silver had the best average finish up until this week, had it, having the flat tire late. And then, yes, that's uh, after that is what I have to say. I would say I, I'm under, I usually, I usually, I, I don't agree, but it's fifth and seventh the last two races. With Sam, yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So, like, I don't know, sixth, seventh, eighth. I mean, are you going to drop Brandon lower than sixth after a couple races with the domination that he's had earlier this year? I don't know. That that, that was tough because uh, Brandon's consistently competing for wins. So that, that I guess, you know, and Sam is too, actually. So, um, yeah, probably not popular. I didn't, I didn't have uh, a lot of time to sit over and think over this one. Yeah. But it was very, very – like this was probably the most difficult power rankings I had to put together. So. I can see that. Um, yeah. And then Michael, you know, you've obviously, like I said, third, third best average finish in the last three races over that last round with a fourth and a sixth, right. in the 13th place, even at Richmond. Right. So, and, and Chris Rabel, you know, I think he was what, I think he's like fifth or sixth in the points. He finished 14th, 12th and fifth in the last three races. Right. So, um, you know, even of these guys that, I think Sam is saying he should be ahead of, you know, most of them finish better at Bristol. So um, it was really difficult to put these together. And that's how close everybody is right now. Right. And even the guys who are out, um, you know, Seth was second last week. Where is he? Or I think he was first. I pulled him out. I, I like, I, I, everybody was so close here. You know, Chris Brandon, I guess he lost three spots. He kind of ran like crap yesterday. Yeah, it was the first time. Like, so I think at, at Richmond he ran strong but had issues. At Bristol, yeah, he didn't have a good run. So when we talk about Bowie's, uh, the the top five with Bowie, with uh, the remainder of the playoffs, we're not doing that anymore for competition <laughs> reasons. So um, he's not happy with how he's ran the last couple of weeks. And um, it, it is crazy how quickly that can change as a guy who won like three or four, not just six races ago, you know? So I was in the, you know, the top spot in the power rankings for like six or seven weeks straight is now searching for speed. And that's the competition we have right now. If you're not, if you're not giving it 110%, when I say giving it 110%, I mean hours of dedicated practice, right? And all this time, right? You know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You're, you're, he's going down in the rankings. You're not even having rank next week. Prove me wrong. Prove me wrong. So I've got a bunch of, I've got the, I've got a bunch of numbers here. Uh, one of the stats I go off of, um, and, and a lot of what I did since this is a round of 
going into the round of 12 rankings, I was looking at average finish in uh, the round of 16. Uh, the 28th place finish at Darlington didn't help you, Sam. So that's part of the reason why you're a little further back. So oh, poor, poor Sam. Every time he's in a position to win a race, I know Matt has to mess with his computer. Every time. <laughs> he does have so many. I feel like he's got so many issues. I feel like he can have so many wins. Ever so many wins. I I uh I think I think uh you've just given him a lot of uh, motivation for Yeah, I think yeah. I think I, I'm looking forward to the FU in the uh yeah. post victory speech. Yeah, exactly. uh, you know, next week. Yeah. Exactly. 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 Well then I guess we should we should probably wrap up with the power or not with the uh our predictions. You want to go to predictions, okay. I guess Michael, you can go first since you're in the twelve. I we gotta assume you're gonna probably pick yourself to be okay. So well, rather uh, than pick eight guys who are gonna make it, let's pick four who aren't aren't. Yeah, yeah. Right? Okay. So, yeah, go ahead, Michael. Oh boy. All right. Um I can't I don't even know. So Las Vegas, this is um Roval and Talladega, right? Are the three races. So Good luck picking that, uh, especially with Talladega in the middle there. Man, uh, okay. Um, some guys are gonna hate me here. They're probably yeah. gonna prove me wrong, but uh, I'm gonna say uh, Rhett McBride. He's not gonna make it. Um, I don't. Uh, Liam. I, I don't know. I, man, see Liam. This round is good for Liam. This round is good it's, for it's, Liam. Liam's a good. Yeah. 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 Go to restricted yeah. play, which I don't even know what that means with this package at Talladega, to be honest with you. Um, yeah, and good at the road courses. And I did talk to him. He doesn't think he doesn't think now, the Roval's a shoe in by any means. With with the Roval, Liam could win that race. Um, yeah. So it's really tough. But yeah, I'm gonna say I'm gonna put him out. He's probably gonna prove me wrong though. Um, Chris Rabel, I man, he's been consistent, but yeah. I I think you gotta you gotta get those you gotta get more top fives. I think I think I'm gonna have to say he's gonna be out. Um, and then I don't know. This oh tough. man, this is really tough. Um, this is a really yeah. Okay. Oh, wrong answers uh, only. I, I'm gonna say um, I'm gonna say Nick Silver. I don't think he's gonna make it. Yeah, I gotta. I was gonna say, I got, I just have a feeling that, man, I know Nick Silver's had a lot of top tens, but you know, I think a part of what what's gonna separate who makes it and who doesn't is what happens at Talladega. Yeah, it, I, it's I such really, an X factor. Yeah, I, I mean, I could see. I mean, there, I think there could be a surprise. I I was thinking Chris at at the same time, but I mean, he could make the the top eight. I think. Uh, yeah, I could see that. I was, I was going to say Rhett and Chris as well. I, I feel like Liam's actually going to make the top. He's going to make the top eight. I, I've been feeling this the whole time. Um, I know the stats maybe aren't there, but the round suits him. So um, I think he's going to make it. I just have a, It's just a gut feeling, but there could be a little bit of bias there. Um, so then I guess two people have to not make it. Um, I know Sam's on here, but I actually think Sam's going to make it too. If he doesn't, if his car has not, no everyone, not everyone can make it, Nick. You got to pick four guys. Who yeah, don't. I'm gonna um, say. Uh, I think Everhart's not gonna make it. I think it's. I, I, I say that because I think. Uh, I think he's. I think he. Uh, it's gonna be the surprise. 
I just think he's been really inconsistent. So, but I mean, honestly, he could win all three races too. So, but um, I I could just see, you know, one of these rounds not going his way, you know, but again, I think they uh, asked me after Talladega, but um, I guess the last one, uh, I'll say, uh, I'll say Adam. He's got, he doesn't have any, fr- I don't know how he is the, at the road courses. So I, I haven't really seen him. Maybe he's up front at the road courses, but, and he doesn't really have a lot of friends. He's just going to be probably working with his brother at Talladega. So that could hurt him. Well, that didn't work at Daytona because I was back there with yeah. him. Yeah. So that's, yeah, that's, that's, that's a hard one to pick too. And that's why I'm looking at the numbers here. Right. And generally, if you've been pretty good at the one and a half mile tracks, that's probably why you're in the playoffs. I don't know that there's necessarily a separator here. So it really is you're talking about Talladega and you're talking about the road courses. So I'm sitting here looking at numbers. Um, I agree on the Nick Silver pick just because he hasn't been very good at road courses. Um, and again, I mean, Talladega is in there. So all this is up in the air. I, I have a hard time picking against keeping it real, knowing they're probably all going to be together up front at Talladega. Uh, the way they were at Talladega in the spring, right? Who knows? One of them's probably going to win the race. So, yeah. is that how we um, think that race is going to go? Do we think? Do we think Talladega is going to be one of those? Yeah, uh, there's no nothing's changed since the spring, as far as I'm concerned. Michael, would you agree with that? Uh, yeah, it no, nothing has has changed with it. It's it's going to be pretty much what we just saw um, at at Daytona. I think as far as the feel of that race, um, I think it's going to be split. You're, you're going to have guys that are going to try the strategy of hanging back in the pack, hoping to avoid a wreck. But I feel like with the way things are now, um, it's, it's almost too risky to do that. Cause yeah. we, we saw at Daytona. I mean, if, if, you know, the top 15 or so they decide to settle down, run single file, they're gone. And you run, you run a big risk of losing the draft. Um, so, I don't know. It, it's 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 going to be tough. It's going to be tough. We we uh, we may be working with you. Who knows? Maybe we'll get a second shot, Matt. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I mean, I luck struck once with the strategy at Daytona. I'm feeling very unlikely that's going to happen again. But if it does, that'd be fantastic. Did you did you pick your four, Nick? Did you did you name four? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't even know how I feel about it. I feel yeah. About it. I mean, I'm. Nick Silver. Nick, oh, yeah. Nick, Nick Silver. Silver. I'll go with Adam, too. Adam was suspended for Watkins Glen, and the other finishes at the road courses were outside the top 10. Okay. Um, Chris Rabel's finishes at the road courses, again, like mid, mid-teens. Um, so I'll go with Adam, Chris, um, Nick, and then I guess just at, at the sake that he's the last one who made it in, uh, I'll say Rat. But, I mean, this is – I was, we had the same four. Yeah. And I'm looking at numbers. So I wasn't really listening to you when you were saying your reasoning. I was looking yeah. at the numbers, trying to crunch them. And that's what I came up with. But I mean, even looking at the top 16, I don't think you could have said that, you know, these are the four guys who are going to be out. Yeah. And, you know, Sean was consistently like top three the entire season in, in the overall standings. So, um, yeah, it's it. I mean, whatever we just came up with, you know, I don't necessarily yeah. know we can feel bad about it, given the fact that it's going to be a complete wild card coming here the next three races. 
Michael, you uh, third through 11th are separated by 18 points after three races. I know there's a little bit of bonus points in there, but like that's not a wide, that's a very small gap. That's an incredibly small gap. So oh, yeah. it is, it is. There, there's uh, not much room for error at all. I honestly, I go into this round thinking we're all dead even. Um, yeah. It, yeah. It, you have to have that mentality. What does that say for this? Like, I mean, I feel like most, you know, sim leagues, when you get to 12, you can, you can pretty easily pick out who's not going to make it. Like, I don't feel comfortable on any of the four that I picked. I think even in like, even watching the cup series is like, we get the round of 12. I was like, I can probably pretty confidently pick like yeah. two, three guys. Oh yeah. I, I can't yeah. do that here. It, I don't this know. is, this is definitely harder. Um, yeah. I, it, it, it's really, it says a lot about, again, this league and, and the, the talent that we have It's when you, when you whittle it down to this number, um, Really, any anybody can make it from these yeah, guys. Strong. They're all good. You guys should be proud, all of you in there. Um, it's a strong field. So, yeah, I mean, the only one, I guess, you know, maybe maybe Liam is just – maybe he could be 12, but this is a very, very good round for him, like we talked about. So he, He's uh, probably going to prove me wrong. I, I think, yeah. <laughs> I have a feeling he is. Yeah. I mean, I know. I, I think it's very possible. So, I so yeah, I feel good about it, uh, everybody. So, good luck. That'll be fun. That'll be fun to watch over the next few weeks. Yeah, well, uh, our, so uh, schedule-wise, I don't have the schedule, but speaking of Liam, Liam's going to be on with us again uh, in two weeks. We're wow. not doing a show next week. Um, that's because we have other other things, conflicts going on You know, next week. So we're going to resume in two weeks. We'll have Liam on the show. Um, then we'll have, I think after that, four or five episodes left for the Cup Series here. Um, thinking of some creative ideas, maybe doing a round table with the four contenders for the championship after Martinsville would be cool. Have the champion on for, uh, you know, after, uh, Phoenix, uh, and then we'll, we'll, we'll see if we'll see if we can make all that happen, but those are the ideas that are out there for upcoming shows and the schedule, uh, nothing solidified other than, uh, you know, Liam being on in two weeks on, uh, Tuesday night. And then, uh, Get to get to get some people that haven't been on the show at this point. It's probably because of scheduling. Some of the playoff contenders that haven't joined us, we might get a little creative with the time slot if we need to to make uh, to accommodate other people's schedules so we can get some of the guys who haven't been on with us yet. Uh, you know, after uh, the Talladega episode. Okay. Well, I guess that means we pretty much were at the point of thanking people. So, Michael, uh, really, real, quick, real quick, I'm realizing and I messed up. We should thank. We got to thank Boosted. So let's 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 hear a quick word from Bruce Boosted. I was like, wait a second. Oh, I, I got I I gotta fix all these scenes as much as we love seeing big faces on the screen. There you go. <laughs> um, we'll, we'll thank we'll thank Boosted uh for their support of After the Turns, basically our uh, official sponsor of the show. Uh we have our after the turns store up at afterthetons.club. Thanks, Tom Morano, for helping us set that up. Uh reach out to Tom. First off, go to boosted.club uh and request to get your site stood up and reach out to Tom, let him know. Tom is super helpful in getting our 
our site stood up and it's completely free. So if you've got a, a you know, a website or a race team, or you just want to sell your own merch, you think it'd be cool to sell, you know, say Matt Mara, Gamadel Technology number 23 uh, car uh, merchandise, you know, go ahead and reach out to Tom. He'll set you up with your own store. Yeah, absolutely free. Yeah, the Rick Ware of the Cup Series. Exactly. Yeah. Our motorsports. <laughs> he doesn't want that gear, so <laughs> definitely go get it. That'll be great Christmas presents <laughs> to all of your friends. Yeah, that time of year, go buy yourself some. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, what a great present. <laughs> um, but so anyway, now, now we go to the thanks. So Michael, it was a real pleasure having you on today. What a uh, what a good guy you are. Um, I don't I don't know if I I, I didn't you know I didn't really. Uh, know what to expect or really who, who you were before the sim obviously but um you know man that was fun today so who, who do you need to thank for for being on the show tonight um well of course i gotta thank you guys for having me on inviting me on um you guys have been doing an excellent job i when i caught the first couple episodes of this i'm like holy cow you guys are already nailing this this is not this not is the really first one because i don't think anyone could hear what nick was saying out of his mind oh, oh. <laughs> right, the second one, yeah. but uh no you guys have been doing a great job with this it's um it it's really cool to have something like this to support a league um it, it just adds so much and it's it's cool to uh like just see the faces you know behind the car uh yep. so to speak and um just just a good way to get to know people um so I got to thank you guys, of course, for doing this. Um, I got to thank um, Evan for running the league and uh, putting on the amazing broadcast that he does uh, week in and week out. Um, it's a lot of work to run a league. Um, and, and on top of that, do the broadcast to his quality and do the officiating. So, um, yeah. of course, without him, we wouldn't be doing this right now. Um mm -hmm. I also got to thank Tom Morano, Tom Morano, because I know know he's a really big supporter of this league, and um, he seems like a general, genu genuinely very nice guy, um, yeah. uh, very very pleasant. Um, and then, uh, of course, I got to thank my teammates too. Um, I got to thank uh, Grant Davis, Bradley Burke, Sam Nieto, and uh, Joseph Tice for uh, uh, just being great guys to to hang around with and practice with and just for all the support and just making us all better too, better uh, sim racers. Um, and then of course I got to thank my sponsor, uh, Sim Speed Shop for jumping on board the car this year. Um, one of the few people that are, uh, and, and sponsors that are just very interactive and uh, they're one of the few that were in incredibly enthusiastic to jump on board the car and so um, uh, more than happy to support a company like that and that supports yeah. the hobby. Um, so yeah, thank you guys. Yeah, awesome. awesome. That's awesome. Grant Grant does a really good job of getting good sponsors. So uh, we know he helped Matt out quite a bit, getting getting, uh, getting uh, giving us the ideas for him to do all the work that Matt did for us. Because I sure yeah. Yes. So on that note, I guess I'll thank our sponsors and, and my sponsor too, Gamadil Technologies, Mercury Energy parent company. Uh, very enthusiastic and very cool uh, that they're they're very involved. Uh, and so thank them and Sim Racing Studio, which Nick finally ran the car this week. We've had the wrong paint scheme for the last couple of weeks, so um, we'll probably be running that in the Winter Series too. And so thanks to them, and uh, obviously thanks to to Evan and Nolan. Uh, 
uh, for for their job on Racebot TV and Hugo for probably giving me more airtime on the Racebot TV broadcast than I deserve. And yeah, <laughs> thanks to awesome. you guys. Thanks, my, thanks to all of our guests, our chatters, listeners, Michael, for you coming on, and Nick, obviously, for you being here. Yeah, awesome. Well, really appreciate it. So I guess we'll be in, here in two weeks. We'll have a lot to talk about in two weeks. We'll almost be at another elimination. It goes by fast. So. Michael, good luck. Um, we we talked you. about it earlier. We want your redemption arc. So um, I know we'll, I think at this point, we're probably cheering for what, like 13 of the 16 or, uh, you know, maybe 10 of the 12 guys that are there. There, So uh, it's hard, but no, we, uh, we, we really do um, wish you the best of luck. Hope to see you in Phoenix. And then, you know, as you know, you, you never know what could happen there. So good luck. We'll see you in a couple weeks. Have a great night, everybody. And uh, yeah, talk to you soon. Thanks, everyone.